Cheers to you, dear listeners, and welcome to Metal Gear Mondays, where we focus on some of the finer things of our world of metal and discuss everything from pop culture to theories and run through some of the more extensive musics we've covered. First up, the latest from Grow. Of course, the leader of Grow is no stranger to a mention on a Metal Gear podcast with Vengeful Metal below. We discuss her work in an interview, plus find out what's going on with ex-MEK member Uematsu after his arrest in 2012. But I can't do it alone. My first co-host is Cole, who is one of my very good friends, and I think it was one of those interesting breaks in a tour where I started to pay a lot more attention to somebody who isn't as loud as Cole is. Cole, how's it going? Hey, it's Cole. A stunning and riveting photograph of a massive Andean coral outcropping from the Pilocene age that makes the team's gigantic Hadley cell look like a wannabe curvy British model's figure skirt. I'm doing great, Sam. How are you? You know, I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. Thanks for being on the show today. Um, I've also got um, another co-host here with me. I'd like to introduce Zach James, who has a pretty cool piece of work. Zach, how's it going? Hey, it's Zach. Don't let him keep you out. (laughs) That's some good advice, Zach. Thank you very much. And last but not least, I have Chris Hampton, who will be talking about one of my favorite snow skills, holding your breath while you give the ski the pow. Chris, what's up? Hey, it's Mr. 8 out of 10. Huh. What is this, 8 out of 10? To be honest, I'm unable to answer that question. However, I think you've gotten over that. I think if I could talk to you only, and you only, you would show me your mind. That's right. Don't worry. I'll only give you the answer that you need to have first, and the only option to reveal the secret you're hiding next. Shit. That was really good. That was was dank, dude. That was really dank. That Uh, was so fucked. (laughs) That was so fucking buck. Oh my god. That was fucking insane. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Now that the schizophrenia is passed. We, we 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 can't just like leave that as is, we should at least tell them <laughs> what the fuck all we of that was. We need some context. Of course, this is Metal Gear Mondays, the most thorough uh, Kojima-themed podcast on the internet. Um, uh, we decided that we wanted to run some statements through the Talk to Transformer app and just generate some fucking buckwild shit. And it did generate some buckwild shit. You can do your own special sentence at talktotransformer.com if you like. Um, it might generate something really dark. That wasn't the first one I generated, believe it or not. Oh my god, it sure wasn't. The one that got generated was not something we're going to read on the podcast. You can't put that on the internet. Actually, nope. like nope. George Carlin be damned. You can't yeah, it say wasn't that. It was very like like what Cole originally got read like a really dark poem. So that's uh yeah. What does that say about me? Really? I don't know. You're Cole Duncan, the dark poet. The dark poet. <laughs> Fuck <laughs> the you, wow. you fucking narc. Don't you dare, you little fed boy. <laughs> Welcome to Outer Op number five. Of course, the Outer Ops are, are kind of like end of season caps on games that we do. Um, so we're going to, we have a couple of topics that we're going to discuss on this episode. We've got some listener responses that you guys took the time to send in. Um, and we really appreciate everybody who suggested or sent in something for us to talk about on the show. That's very awesome of you all. Um, and we're really excited to kind of like delve into all of this stuff. We're going to be talking um, a lot of Death Stranding. Of course, if you listened last week, um, we discussed um, we discussed Death Stranding uh, to, in its entirety, um, finished up last week. If you're listening to this episode, there will be spoilers potentially for the whole game. 
Um, if you're listening to this before you listen to our coverage, what do you do? And go back and listen to that, and then come, come back. On, and go one. back. What are you doing? What are you doing? It's fun. Um, so that's our warning. Stuff. That's our warning at the top of the episode. We will not be doing another warning. So everybody gets so, one. <laughs> everybody gets one. So yeah. So that's uh, that's kind of what's going on here. Um, but before we dive into our topics and our responses, we have a couple of <clears> things <throat> that we'd like to do. It's the season of thanks, boys. Uh, oh, Thanksgiving yeah, happened. Christmas is coming up. Um, it's a season of thanks, so we want to do a couple of shout-outs here. Um, first off, um, we'd like to thank two very, um, very awesome artists who oh took some time. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yes, um, dude. So if you remember, a couple of episodes ago, we kind of made a call for anybody who could do like a Yoji Shinkawa-style art um, who wanted to or could draw us in that style. And um, uh, firstly... Uh, the first response we got was from uh, Mr. Sean Wilkins, who did these really amazing um, individual drawings of us, and we're very, very happy with uh, with how they turned out. Um, My dude, that yeah. that guy is insane. Like the yes. he when he when he sent me my my drawing, I was like, oh my god, this is the one of the coolest things I've ever received. Yeah, Cole, your ever. drawing is very much like Liquid Snake meets Higgs. Yes, I know. Uh, it's pretty badass. Oh my god. What did I describe? I described Chris's as like punk rock Otacon, I think is what. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm totally <laughs> punk rock Otacon. Yeah. It's so, I, like, so Sean we, did an amazing job. We all posted them on Instagram. I know mine, yeah. I think me and you both have ours as our Twitter, um, uh, like, photos. So if you want to see them, definitely head over to, like, our socials. I mm-hmm. think, uh, are we, have we posted them to the, uh, the to the Instagram yet? Um, not yet. So, so as of this recording, I don't think he's finished with Zach's yet. So I'm going to get all four of them. But that's okay because uh, it's uh, it's hard to capture perfection. Oh, shut, oh, shut up. up! Shut the fuck! I mean, he up. did save the best for last. So <laughs> I think it choked. And Tell, died. Well, but here's the thing. Here's the thing, thing, Zach. In case we want to fucking blow up your ego even more than it already is, what did he tell you? <laughs> What yeah. did Sean tell he you? He actually get paid me one of the old best compliments I've ever received in my life and said that uh, he's making me a snake-style soldier because I have very similar facial features to that of Big Boss. So then I would have I have two things to say to Sean. Thanks, Sean, and thanks, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> I, my, my head has gotten so big over the last week, it's hard to fit through doors nowadays. Mm-hmm. No, That's a problem. like, legit. I I'm like blown away. Like when I was I was at a like uh, small like dive bar uh, whenever I got mine with a buddy, and I immediately freaked out and was like showing everyone. I was like, "Holy shit! Look, look! This is like me, but done as a metal gear." And like a couple of people were like, "That's really cool." And then a couple of people were like, "Who are you? And why are you near me right now?" <laughs> I was like stupid excited. So like from the bottom of my heart, Sean, my yeah, dude, Sean. thank you Amazing. so so much. Dude, dude's um, talented. So that's so that's one. And then and I don't know if it's if do you just pronounce it this way or if it's like a like a capital letters at all, but um we got another we did another kind of uh banner style art um uh, from a gentleman Tioft uh, goes by Tioft T E O F T um, depicting the four of us in a very Mount Snakemore kind of configuration. Oh, and, it's um, fantastic. It's, it's so also cool. very badass. It's so fucking cool. I mean, shit, this, so, guy is, this guy is like just down and dirty sketch like I would have been happy with as the final product. Yeah. Dude, like his, right? his sketch was like 
I thought the sketch was the final product. Yeah. Same, same. Absolutely same. And then he hit us with the with the like outline for the second one. It was like, holy shit. Mm-hmm. I didn't know Zach was that ugly. Mm. Dang. Wow. Dang, 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 dang. Anyway. That's right. Shots um, so fired. I, I want to say, like, for this one, actually. Uh, Fuck you, I'm Cole. Planning to do Fuck you. Very... Uh, what, what? Hold on, children. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Daddy Chris. Dad's talking here. So uh, I'm actually planning something very special for this one, um, and I will be posting it in the Discord for everyone to enjoy. Huh. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if you want to check that out, you should hop on the Discord. Well, and, Absolutely. Yeah, and I know. Yeah. I know that I've posted it on Twitter, and I think I teach my Instagram picture to my mm-hmm. my bust. You put right. it on your bust. Yeah. You put it on yes. your bust. Um, I don't know if we've shared it to Instagram yet, but we should really. I, we well, should I also. Say, I know. I, know I, I shared it to my socials on both Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also the official banner of the um, Metal Gear Mondays. Uh, yeah. Twitter right now, so that's it's, the place you can check it out. I'll say it's my it's my cover photo on Facebook. It's my cover photo on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And I know uh, that uh, yeah on Twitter on Twitter. On Twitter, my profile picture is Sean's drawing of me, and then my cover yeah. photo is. Uh, oh yeah! Once once same, once same. I have Sean's drawing, that's going on all my social. Sean, that's staying, buddy. That shit's cool as fuck. And, uh, <laughs> that's fantastic. <laughs> but um, I also know that myself, um, uh, Cole, and I don't know if Chris actually put the order in or not, but we've also all ordered like physical prints of it too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. I'm I'm gonna be ordering one uh, when I get back from my vacation nice. so i'm very excited vacation i'm gonna order because what I, cause i'm gonna order a print of tios and then um and then what's gonna happen is um sean when he's done with all four of us he's gonna put us it's digital art so he's gonna put all four of us into like one image kind of like that um that image of like all the death stranding characters which oh, is gonna, gonna be so fucking sexy. cool yes and i'm gonna get me a print of that too so i'm very excited um sean my dude you, you are so dope for all yeah, of that yeah so if you'd like to follow them, Sean, you can find on Twitter at Tooth Chisel. That's T-O-O-T-H-C-H-I-S-E-L. And uh, Tioft can be found on Twitter at Tioft Tweets, T-E-O-F-T-T-W-E-E-T-S. Please, please give them a follow. Oh, yeah. um, hit up, hit up. Hit, I mean. Like, I mean, blow, blow their spot up. Like, these guys yeah. are some of the most talented artists I've ever seen. Like, I mean. I mean, do what Tioff, you I know, does commissions. You can commission Tioff to draw something for you if you'd like something in this in a similar style. Sean, I'm not sure. I mean, follow him and ask. You never Sean, know. you should. I, I know I told you that in the DMs. You really should, dude. You've got a crazy talent. Mm-hmm. Full well. I mean, so. You should use that talent. You are amazing, my dude. Uh, just, yeah. just be aware if you do if you do decide to commission Tioff, he only takes three commissions at a time. Uh, so be aware of that. You know, reach out to him first. He's got his. He's got a thing on his Twitter that gives all his price points, and uh, but also uh, he only accepts PayPal, and it is in euros. So just make sure you do your mm-hmm. you make sure you do your conversions and all that. Uh, but yep. Yep. I mean, the the price is well worth the well worth the mm-hmm. product. Oh my God! Yeah. So please follow both of them, give them some love, and thank you guys both for taking the time to do those arts for us. We really appreciate it. Um, and speaking of art, uh, music, 
is another thing that we all love yep. on this uh, podcast here. Um, with our gameplay kind of situation all wrapped up, like we said, we're going to be discussing Death Stranding more, like post-mortem after our kind of like winter vacation is over. Um, but uh, um, Fingers Music, uh, we mentioned this at the top of the season. Um, the intro that we've been using for the Death Stranding episodes has been different. It's been a re- it's a remix of the Death Stranding theme that Fingers Music did, um, and graciously allowed us to use for our Death Stranding coverage, which has been awesome. And we oh, thank him so no much. No fucking for way, really? That, yeah, because <laughs> I've been so I've been listening to Fingers. Well. I won't say their his whole fucking library, but I've been listening to one song in particular by him for years now, and I had no idea that was him doing that uh, that intro music. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, that's his remix of the Death Stranding theme that he's been allowing. The us other to song so that, really appreciate that, that is by him that I always listen to is the remix of uh, Elegia Elegia by New Order, but he he took mm. that he remixed it and then he laid over. Um, Skullface's speech uh, from Whoa. that trailer on it. Oh, it's badass. That is I'll, awesome. uh, I'm going to check I'll that out. I'll send that to you guys in the group well, chat later on. Well, Zach, you're going to be excited about this then, and I hope everybody else in the audience is excited about this too. Um, in the new year, because obviously, like I said, we're going on our vacation. In the new year, we're actually going to be bringing fingers onto the show to discuss Yo! Metal Gear and history and music and anything that we want to talk about. So, hey, I'm excited about forward. that. Yeah, so we're very we're looking very much forward to <clears> talking <throat> to him. We are in contact with him about that. So, looking forward to that. Um, you can follow him on Twitter. It's uh, Fingers Music. That's F one N G three R S Music. Um, uh, his YouTube is the same thing. YouTube.com slash Fingers Music, and you can follow him on Bandcamp. It's it's a F one N G three R S dot Bandcamp dot com. Um, so that's very cool. And I think I'd be remiss if I didn't bring this up. If you've been missing our, um, our theme of tar intro, um, it will be back. Uh, we're just using fingers for, um, for our death stranding coverage. Um, but the theme of tar intro was done, um, by listener Henrik Ness, um, uh, who we are excited. I don't actually, I think we, we reached out to him to use his remake of the theme of Tara. And I think he started listening after that, which doesn't matter what the progression was. We appreciate him listening all the same. Um, and we thank Henrik Ness, um, for letting us use that. And that intro will be back. So thank you both, uh, for allowing us to use your music for our show. Absolutely. We appreciate you all. Um, and then we would be remiss if we did not do our Patreon subscriber thanks. As we do five dollar nut patrons, we're going to be reading off. Uh, yeah, we have four people, and I didn't plan this ahead of time, so I'm just gonna. You want to do it? You want to do it in a like line that we get announced? So like you, me, Zach, Chris. Well, that's what I was gonna do, but I was gonna be like, oh, I want, I want Chris, I want Chris to read his name and Cole to read his name. <laughs> well, fuck you, joke. dude. Like I did, like, but like, we'll just see where the chips fall. So I'll start first with uh, Alex Kennedy. Thank you very much. Well, you Cole, know what? I will uh, follow up with my boy uh, Frederick G. Old Freddie G. Out there. What's up, player? Freddie G. Uh, Zach, uh, you do three. Big thanks for M. Ibrahim. Thanks for your support. And stepping up to bat is Winifred Caster. I'd like to give thanks to another another right 
Mr. Brandon Wright. Thank you, sir. I want to say a big thank you to my boy, Chad Betteridge. I see mm. you, player. I see you living. I'm happy for you. And next up, we've got David Sosa Gonzalez. Sounds like a baseball player. <laughs> does, does. <laughs> so I'm going to start calling David Big Baseball. That's his nickname. Baseball. What up, Big Baseball? Base- David then, Sosa uh, Gonzalez. And he's Baseballman for Death Stranding. <laughs> guys, guys, did you see who just walked in? Who's that? It's Gregory. Oh, shit. Uh, Gregory, Gregory, what up, what up dude? My yeah. dude. Dang, man. Welcome, welcome. Who'd you bring with me, also- Gregory? Well, he brought, uh, I think he brought James Baldwin what? with him. Like James, the what James Whoa, Baldwin? The best Baldwin James. brother. <laughs> the only one that matters to me. <laughs> wow. But, like, literally... I don't know if you guys saw this, but like stepping out of that Maserati in the back, that's my boy James Barone. Look at that king. No shine. shit, that's James Barone. That's the James, James Barone. OG. No king. way. Yeah. No shit. No way. And uh, and riding shoddy with James is our boy John Johnson. Yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't know. That was a weird. Uh, and then hey, here's Matt. What's up, Matt? Hey, Matt. What's up? <laughs> Big Matt shining. Look at it. Big, big Matt. That's big Matt. That's capital M. Capital, capital A. M. Capital T. Capital T. There's spaces like in between every single letter. <laughs> capital M. Capital A. Capital T. Lowercase T. Not too overstated. Why not? Why not? He's, why not? He's, a, why not a lowercase he's a gentleman. He wants. He, he's not. He's very couth. You know who else is a very couth gentleman? Who's that? That's Mitch Hines. Oh my God! Yes, oh absolutely. My God. But you know, guys, this party would not be complete without the man bringing in the Dom Perignon himself. It's my man Nick Frieda. I man, love myth him. legend. Oh, man, man Frida. myth legend. <laughs> and next we've got uh, Rachel Frank. I think that's it. Absolutely, Queen. Go I'm off, so go off. Stan a queen. First name. <laughs> um, you know, I want to give a special shout out to Rhett L. Clayton. What up, what up, what up, what up? Get it. And I'm here to tell you all about how cool I think Rob Glass is. Oh, what up, Rob? He, glass. He's cool. <laughs> he's cooler than both Philip and Ira Glass. Full stop. Ooh, no cow. I wow. Absolutely. No cap. Wow. No cap. No cap. Dang. Do you want you want to know who else is cooler than Philip and Ira Glass combined? Who's that? Who's that? That would be my boy. Never inferior. Ever. <laughs> Don't you dare let him tell you that, Mr. Never, Sam Linky. Never, never ever. That's, uh, that's, my man. That's, that's, my man. That's shining out here. He's a full king. Shining Sam. Shining, shining Sam, Sam uh, Lemke. <laughs> <laughs> it's like jumping Jack Flash. Sign Sam, Jack. Sam, Sam Zipline will teach me how to use zip lines. Well no, after legit. Hey, the game. seriously, for for everyone, if you really want to see some like awesome people in the Discord, Sam Lemke is one of like our most mm-hmm. like active users. This dude is amazing. Oh, He's yeah. an awesome mm-hmm. guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, next, we've Definitely. got uh, T.O. Alex. T.O. What's up, Playboy? How you living? <laughs> <laughs> I'm hoping that it's in Manches and Benzes. Hey, um, Cole, I th- I hope that is the one and only time you do that tonight. 
Uh, it mm. probably is. It probably is. It probably is. Beer is running low. And but that, hey. is, uh, <laughs> that is a shout out to the one and only. Of course. Of course. As it is. As it is. And I want to give a dope ass shout to Toby Rothenberg. Oh, my man. How's he, Toby. How's he going? Toby, Toby. <laughs> Who you got, Cole? <laughs> I mean, I was, I was, I was waiting when you keep Cole. going. Oh no! Going? I just need, I just need to get out. I need oh, to get okay, out of that okay, space. I need silence. I need silence. All right. Okay. 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 Silence. Now entering the stage, hmm. the absolute legend, reborn, <laughs> Andrew. Cue the Vuvuzelas. <laughs> I, refu- I fucking ref- I fucking refuse to listen to him, and I fucking refuse to make other people listen to him. I won't do it. Well, I want to know Andrew? who's with Andrew right now. With Andrew Where's my yeah. right Who, now, who's with my disappointed that there are no Vuvuzelas. It's Ben Lewis. <laughs> you're 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 really you're breaking Ben's heart, man. It's it's the I'm doing them a favor. I'm doing them a favor. The giving and you are just not giving him what he wants, and that's those Vuvuzelas. Well. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, but what's up? We've got Grammy nominated no performance shit. artist Brandy. Oh no. my god, that's no, the, I don't no, think no. I don't think that's right. Oh, that's right. It's not right. No, they're all so. they, they are Grammy no- nominated, but it's not Brandy. Mm-hmm. Dad, Daddy Chris, I think you need to put your glasses on and read that one. Because <laughs> uh, that would be. I got my. I got to switch to my bifocals. They 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 act. They actually have like not only a Grammy, but they oh, also have it's like an Brady. Emmy. Sorry, Brady. Brady, my guy. Brady, my guy. Get your shit together, Hampton. Uh, Get your shit together, you know, Hampton. I ha- I have bifocals now. This is the mm-hmm. thing. I'm I'm old. It sounds like I a realized today. I'm if an you old ever guy. disrespect our users again. Brady, I, I want to apologize, but I'm gonna be under uh, your bed. You know, personally, being compared to Brandy is not that bad. I mean, it's, it's not a not bad comparison, bad. honestly. You know, she's still rocking it. She's you know got it. Say? Black don't crack. Black don't crack. No. Black don't crack. Um, I'd like to say hello to a cool guy named Kyle Vincentini. Vincentini, a fellow paisan. Oh. Oh come on! <laughs> he would. He would. You would. Fucking narc. You know what? I'm actually gonna make a declaration right now. Is it of independence? It is not of independence. It's actually of codependence. Okay. Oh my All right. God. Codependence. I, I'm I'm declaring I'm declaring my best friend of the pod right now. <gasps> That's right. right. <gasps> you have yours. You have your Cortez. I have mine. And my <laughs> my best friend. My best friend of this pod. It's a man named Chase Cortez. Right wow. now, I'm, I'm I'm Team Chase. Corey, I, Tori, Tori, I still love you. Chase is my boy, though. Dang. Watch out, Dang. Chase Cortez, because a new fighter has appeared. Oh shit! Ooh. And that fighter is Dean. Oh fuck, it's Dean. 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 Uh, hi, Dean. <laughs> <laughs> Well, who else is joining the fray, Chris? Uh, why well, it's our boy Jack the Ripper Keating. Oh, gave him the Ooh. UFC name. I love it. 
Dang, dang, dang. We want to see his anger on the battlefield. Oh. (laughs) Well, you know who I got? I got the one, the only, Josh Shermer. What's going on, Sherms? How you living? (laughs) Did you say Sherms? I did. I gave him a nickname. (laughs) I thought it'd be cute. Uh, It cute. It cute. I'm going to take a throwback real quick. Is that that cool with y'all? I think so. Can can we get that smash introduction? For yeah, yeah. Okay, let's go ahead. Right. Joshua Wiley. Eh. I'm sorry, buddy. Like I know that your introduction hasn't been changed in a long time. I just had to do it for the one time. It's so good. Joshua Wiley. You got a great name. I love saying it. I'm going to start calling him Doctor. Damn it. Dr. Damn Wiley. it, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that now that the wind has been taken out of my sails, I'm going to pass it along <laughs> to our our good supporter, Cody Coates. Cody Coates, what's going on, buddy? Mister Cody Coates. Well, this is going to be fun. This is going to be fun. Yeah, isn't it? I just want to say it's a self fulfilling prophecy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Chris, ooh. But it's not Chris, oh, like it's not Chris me. Hampton. It's with no, no. A K. See, I have a, a hard case sound, but this mm-hmm. is the OG. He's well, maybe, he's just got a K. Just a K. He hit you. I, I don't he hit you with that K. I don't want to assume uh, identity here, but they uh, have <laughs> the real K. My identity. So I think they got that, that spe- I think special that K, Chris. That they're okay in my Ooh, book. Oh, I like wow. that. Look at that. I do like that. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm about to spit it with my Get boy, it. Luis Marine Jr. Hey. I was gonna let that ride. <laughs> yeah, for like for real, let that ride. You know who else is riding with me now? Who's that? I mean, like you know, obviously we're we're definitely in the G wagon right now. Uh huh. Sitting shotgun with me. It's my boy yeah. Matt Smith. Gotta be my Matt boy Matt Smith. Smith. What up, boy? How's, how's, how's it going, buddy? And sitting in the back, smushed between me and Chris in the bench seat, fighting over the bag of Doritos is Michael A. Nilsson. No, man, baby. Ain't no fighting. Mike's got it. Between the ain't between no the three of you, Mike has got that Doritos. Of course. Listener's preference. Absolutely. Well, I just uh, actually want to get real serious for a moment because sure, I get sure, to absolutely. give a shout out to Mr. Wolf. And uh, I got to say, you're one of the reasons why I got sucked into this community hey, way back in the day. Look at that. It's a wholesome shout out. It is. Big props, yeah. Terry. Big props, my <clears throat> Big props. Uh, keep on keeping on. Hey, I want to give a shout out. It's been a while since I've gotten oh, to do this one. So get it, get it. Get it, King. I want to give a shout out to Nikki Z in the place to be. Nikki Z, hey. Stardust, Booyaka, Shaw, Nick Ziggler. <laughs> yeah, that was a fucking throwback. That right was there. good. That was a throwback at the end of season but two. That felt good to three. do in my heart. Around. Like, That's that fine. That felt good all. to do in my heart, in my soul, in my spirit. Nikki Z, baby. Yo, that just teleported me back. I- I'm, standing in- I'm standing overnight in the Planet Fitness again, man. <laughs> that's all fine and good right but i'm here yeah. on location with special forces scott foxhound 
Scott Fox. Next generation. Scott Fox. Special Scott Fox. Scott Hound Fox. Hound. Scott Fox Hound. It's my boy. And uh, I'm gonna give a give a hearty on guard to our next listener. Guard. Mm. <laughs> Listen. Oh, this worked out perfect. <laughs> That's great. Isn't it? Listen. This fuck. Okay. <laughs> this fuck. This, this fuck. fuck. This, this fucking guy. This fucking guy. I, you know, everyone else in the in the Metal Gear community is very cool. There's only mm-hmm. one person that I have a real serious fucking beef with. And it's is it this guy right it here. It's Chris Hampton. That guy's a piece oh. of shit. In, oh, don't you talk about my best friend guy. like that. Don't you dare don't you talk care. about my best friend in, like in, that. No, he's a piece Hampton, of shit. In Chris Hampton's defense, at least he provides some support to the Metal Gear Mondays community. Unlike that other piece of shit, piece of shit Zach James, who can't even donate five dollars, can't even donate five dollars, <laughs> can't even donate five dollars, can't even listen, Mr. Can't Tight even donate one dollar. Let's be can't real, do it. can't do Fucking. it. <laughs> <Something> Nork. <laughs> well, I have the. Um, you know what I'm about to do here? Mm. I'm gonna read the one below this one, and then Cole, you get to read the one that I was supposed. No, to no, read. no, 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 yeah, no, 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 no,
Is that what JJ stands for? Joshua James J. Jonah Jameson. Oh my Joshua God. Well, you see, oh my John God. Jacob is from, from the good James clan, where I'm from the not so good James <laughs> clan. Um, well, we've got another another uh, Joshua here, but it's not Joshua James. It's our old pal Joshua Mason. That's a fucking powerful name Ooh. right there. That's strong. A powerful name. Powerful. Strong job, Joshua Mason. Granite oh, John yeah. Mason. Strong Jaw is like a really cool like code name. It is really cool. This is Strong Jaw. I like that. I've made it on the objective. Mm. <laughs> and look, we we couldn't round out this list without mentioning one of my favorite people of all time. Do you guys know who that is? I I I think I have a guess. Do you? Tell you us. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Because it's my boy Joseph Hannawald. Absolutely one of the best. Didn't know what oh, are you yeah. doing? Zach already said. Joseph. Did you did you say Joseph Hanawalt? Yeah, I dude. did not hear yeah. you say Joseph Hanawalt. Okay, that, I literally just wanted to just keep the continuation. So Sam, edit this part out. <laughs> I'm not going to. I'm not going to. You have to live with your sins, wow. there, Mister. Let your embarrassment stand as uh, monument. It's not, an, it's not an embarrassment. It's not an embarrassment. I'm giving, I am giving someone some extra I'm love. It. Joseph Hanawalt, my boy. Don't try you. to turn this into you doing him a favor. All right, all right, all right. Well, then, Zach, I want you to read uh, the actual next one because Cole fucked uh, up. The next I one, fucked up. I didn't, he didn't fuck, fuck up. up. I we gave love, someone we some love, extra we love. Joseph Hanawalt. Double the, love the for Joseph Hanawalt. But now that. Mr. Cole Duncan, even though he is a supporter of the show, can't keep his fucking list straight, is uh, <laughs> Mr. Justin Norton. Thank you for your support of the Justin show. Justin Norton. Hmm. Well, we've got Caitlin Connor. Caitlin, Caitlin, Caitlin. 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 You said that was a little, was a little. Come with me, <laughs> Laker girl. Dude. Oh, Laker girl. Wait, Laker. you want to know about Zach, that reference? Listen to the Patriot Club. Yeah, yeah. Zach, I need you to say, I need you to say Caitlin's name as a the Billy voice. <laughs> oh God, I'm so you say Billy. I can't think of it. Oh, so you like the show, huh, Caitlin? <laughs> Detention, Billy. Um, and uh, uh, you had your Cortez. Oh, I did. I got my Cortez. That's right. That's my best friend, Tori Cortez. Can we just, hey, can we just take a moment shout out to Corey. give just a huge shout out to Tori Cortez uh, for just for for inadvertently being being such a force to bringing the community together. Earlier this Dude, year, Torius. Oh yeah. Uh, through like, I don't know. Did we ever talk about this on the podcast about what happened? I don't think we did. No, what's up? Yeah. So this would be a good time to talk about that. So, so we mentioned a little bit earlier when we were when we brought up Sam that um that uh he's like such a huge presence in our Discord um and so Tori had been without a uh, without a PS4 um for Death Stranding yeah. coming up and um Sam messaged the admins of the discord and was like hey let's pull some money together and get tori a playstation 4 and death stranding so that we could do that and um we that's that's something that <clears throat> happened and we got yeah. tori her playstation and death stranding and uh that really makes me super proud of our community and it was great that we everybody pulled it together was and it was really really cool. so here so it was so one of the coolest things you, i've seen like, all dear listeners and here's to you sam and tori Absolutely. And legit, Tori is one of the coolest people I've gotten to talk to from this community. I haven't, 
I haven't actually gotten to interact with a ton of people from the community, mm-hmm. but Tori has been one of the people that I've been with like since the beginning, and she's a yeah. really awesome person. Absolutely. So, Tori, my best friend. That's why she's my best friend. Absolutely. And you know who else okay, so, is an amazing so, person? So I want you I want you to read this one, and then we have a very special stipulation for the last one that we're going to go over once you read this one. Okay, okay, okay great, great, great. Uh, you still have a special stipulation, this person that I'm about to say. Yes. And that's the fact that I'm going to read it <laughs> in, like, the most dramatic way possible. Okay. There. By the window sill, I saw him. His bespoke suit shining in the moonlight. His name, Tyler Nunes. A name I shall never forget. Uh, quite, quite. All right. So, this last one, I want all four of us to say this one at the same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, senpais, all four of us. Yes. Notice, noticing. Noticing you. Noticing you, Senpai and only you, and only notice. you. We've got, we've got double turtleneck senpais, turtleneck twins, turtleneck twin senpais. We've got scarf senpai. We've got Thomas Bahamas senpai. <laughs> you ready? On, on. So on. So I'm going to do three, two, one. On go. No, no, no. So three, three, two, three two, one. Two. Say the name. Yes. So okay. three, two, one. Got say it. it. We're all going to do this at the same time. You ready? Got it. All right. Three, two. two one Tyler, Tyler Washington. Washington. What well, that was a fucking mess. That was bad. That was bad. <laughs> we should have that's it. That's we... our patrons. Thank you guys so much. If you want to become a patron, um, check it out. So we mentioned the Discord. One dollar will get you into the Discord where you can hang out with this fucking awesome community. So it's check that out. A lot of fun. Um, two dollars gets you a special bonus podcast uh, called the Patriot Club. Um, where uh, you can see the why I said liquor girls. That's a weird oh, thing that we talked about. Uh, soon to liquor soon girls. to be rebranded and, as Metroid uh, Mondays. Yep, and five dollars will get you on this list. So check yeah, it out, um, among other things in the five dollar tier. So check all of that out, boys. We're gonna rapid fire a couple topics that we got uh, from the Discord, and then we have one very special topic we're gonna talk about, and then we've got some listener responses. Hell yeah. Let's get it. So here we go. All right. So the first topic is not related to Metal Gear or Kojima or anything, but I like it. Um, Liquid Metal Mike asks us, how excited are you for the Resident Evil 3 remake, regardless of the poor choices made relating to the Nemesis redesign? So Mike does not like the Nemesis redesign. Um, I'm going to out myself as uh, a fake fan of Resident Evil. Okay. I never played three. Really? Never played three. So this would be my first time playing through Resident Evil 3. So I'm kind of excited for it. I know what Nemesis looked like because I played like Marvel vs. Capcom and whatnot. Uh, but I'm a, I was a uh, scaredy little bitch boy. So I never played any of the Resident Evils until like Resident Evil 4. That's, a, that's mm. okay, Cole, because you're not the only one on this sinking life draft. I'm right there with you. Hey, damn it. Hey, also <laughs> here, scary little bitch boy. I so here's what I'll tell you. I'm really excited to watch Markiplier play Resident Evil Three. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, um, from what I've seen, it looks like a really cool game. I mean, and it does look really good. And they they did a fantastic job with the RE2 remake. So I'm 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 hopeful. 
So I just on principle have to support these games because I desperately want them to perf- like do well, right? Mm, sure. Um, and I think like it if these games sell well, then maybe I'll get my Onemusha remakes. Oh, oh yes. I didn't even think about that. Like they did my roommate is really, my roommate's on that. And it was okay, but man, if they updated those games you talking about a fun time. You talking about? I feel like cool. we talking about. I feel like it's around the corner, right? Because they've got like they've got Sekiro was, was one game of the year this year at the Game Awards, mm-hmm. um, and it also got really good reviews. Fucking Ghost of Tsushima's coming out next year. That game like, looks mm-hmm. badass. It yeah. does. It really does. Oh yeah. We'll get we'll get to that here in a second. I don't um, pre-order games, but I I was tempted to pre-order that. So yeah, so Onimusha has to be around the corner, I would imagine. Um, but yeah, and I actually kind of like the Nemesis redesign. I'm gonna, look, I'm gonna yeah, look it up. I gotta real look quick. it up. I haven't seen. Yeah, it look, it. Up. look it up. Look it up. I, I will be Mr. Controversyman. Right okay. Here. Mm-hmm. I think that what I've seen of this, the Nemesis redesign, has me uh, less worried than things I've seen in the Final Fantasy VII remake. Ooh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. I think I'm worried they're going to butcher the hell out of that game. Hmm. That thing's fucking terrifying. I know. Oh, holy so shit. So it looks like he's got like a really like his face is longer and he just looks really scary. Like he was he scary looks, to begin with. Like no, that's that's like something out of like fucking like Hellraiser's nightmares. Like that's mm-hmm. no, no, no. Yeah, no like, it just looks no. like the wrong thing. It all looks like just an updated version of the old one. Mm-hmm. It doesn't look too different, is the thing. I like it. I when mean, I'm, I I'm seeing the first. I'm seeing the first image on like maybe this is not. That's a concept. Mm. What I will say, what I don't like is they. So in Resident Evil Three, he all Nemesis says is stars. He says stars because he's hunting stars. Members, yeah, right? and that's the whole point of him. Um, they. Um, put a preview of what Nemesis sounds like in the demo for Resident Evil 2. They changed it so you don't have a 30-minute time limit anymore. Um, and if you go outside and just kind of listen, you'll hear Nemesis saying stars, but they kind of altered how he sounds compared to the original. And I don't like that. But how he looks, I think, is horrifying and cool. Hmm. So I never... Yeah, okay, so now played... I'm seeing, like, actual... Sorry, go ahead, Zach. I was just going to say, I really never played any of the Resident Evil games in earnest except for the demo of 5 when my fucking Xbox would red ring if I put any disc in it that one summer. And a little bit of 6, but I never played any of the originals. But now that I got the PS Classic, I think I'm going to play the first one in earnest. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. Okay, okay, I think I found the actual... Like photo of the redesign, he doesn't look too different because I can't seem to find one. Uh, yeah, hold on, I'll send it to you. Donkey Shane. He doesn't look. He doesn't look too different. Um, he still looks fucking terrifying. It's like a oh, god damn. It's just like like weird skin on other skin that doesn't belong there. Like. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like so, the like, whole Resident the, Evil someone, aesthetic, right? Can someone explain to me what the controversy is? I don't know. I just, I don't know. I just, I guess he just doesn't look. I'm not sure. I mean, he Mike, looks. Have to let, and, when you hear this, you have to let us know. What, yo, what, maybe, what maybe is. hot take here. He looks the same, which is still fucking <laughs> terrifying. Okay, I did see that one. Yeah, yeah, he looks the same. Thank you. Okay, so he looks the same, but like, 
it's still I still don't want that thing like chasing me. I don't want mm-hmm. I don't want this thing in my life. No. No no one does. If you do, you're probably the same kind of person that like is really into like wanting to do like McCamey Manor around like Halloween. Oh my god. And no, why would you want to do that either? No, let's not do that. Let's not go. No. There. All right. Anyway. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so that's how we feel about Resident Evil 3. Um, we're a bunch of Nancy boys who don't like horror games. Yeah, Such but, a Nancy boy. Still looks cool. Yeah, but if Hideo Kojima does a fucking horror game, I guess. Well, if Hideo, listen, we've talked about this, and I don't think we brought it up on the podcast. If Hideo Kojima makes a horror game, we're going to find a way to come together and all be in the same room to play it together and then just like smash through it, and then we'll cover it. I really hope you guys like watching a bearded man like hide behind like blankets. How are you gonna throw? So here's my question. (laughs) (laughs) Now here's my question. Then who's gonna play it? I'll do it. You or not? Pass the controller. Not it. I'll. uh, Oh, we're passing the controller. I'll take the. uh, I I think passing the the controller is good. Yeah. So we all have to live in that fear. I want to fucking do that same thing with the four of us going through alien isolation. Oh, fuck alien isolation. No, no, fuck that game. No, no, no. Fuck that. Fuck that. This isn't what I signed up for. (laughs) Okay. Anyway, we've got some more topics. Uh, Tyler Washington, we notice you. Kohai. Hey, what's up? Is that Kohai is what a senpai is like? person is right kohai i don't know tyler washington has a couple of a couple of things um and the first thing we're going to talk about mora on the discord also um have the same question uh what were our opinions on the game awards this year um i did not watch them because i forgot they were happening (laughs) i did not watch them either but i did look up like nominees and winners yeah so game of the year sekiro shadows die twice one game of the year over control resident evil 2 Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, The Outer Worlds, and Death Stranding. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually voted for Sekiro. It's a fantastic game, and I think it's probably the best that's come out of yeah, this. Like, it's really good. I, I watched boring. Razor Fist pick pick it apart for about fifteen minutes, and that was about all I was willing to invest in it. Mm. You didn't actually play it. Oh no, I was talking about no. He picked apart the uh, the the game awards. The game awards. Oh yeah. oh. oh. I thought you were talking about Sekiro. I, I if I'm being honest, words, Chris, I hadn't even sir. heard of it until you brought it up. Uh, you, you should I'm, play this game. I I hate this the Dark Souls games. Like they're so hard oh, and frustrating. On, but I yeah I don't like them. But Sekiro I really liked because it was challenging. But there was no single part of the game that was like impossible. impossible. And like the dying thing didn't really take you out of the action at all. Mm. You know, I I do I do take some kind of um, salt, I guess, with the narrative winner. I, I've never played Disco Elysium, so I guess like I can't take full salt with it. It was in the same category as Control, Death Stranding, The Outer Worlds, and A Plague Tale. Um, a couple things. One. Um, I obviously played through Death Stranding and thought that the narrative of it was amazing. Um, 
I've only played, I've only seen bits and pieces of A Plague Tale. I already think that the narrative in that is better than, like, Death Stranding. It just seems like, I mean, the entire, it seems like the entire game is based in narrative, and Disco Elysium must be fucking insanely good. It has good. to be phenomenal to have beaten, beaten so I, not, so only, not only Plague Tale, but Death Stranding, Death Stranding. and Control as well. So I'm, I really I'm, want I'm to play Disco Elysium. I'm, I'm, I'm interested in playing Disco Elysium. So it's, it's like yeah. half salt, half like the opposite of salt being interest. Ongoing game. Here's the recent video game releases then, because I don't know what the fuck any of you guys are talking about. I had never heard of Disco Elysium until it won Best Narrative. Yes, I am. Very same. excited. I don't, I don't even know what you're talking about right now. Yeah, I don't. I look it up. I don't know either. I'm, I know nothing about it. Uh, it so Zach, I actually but, wanted to talk to you real quick. Sorry, Sam. Um, best multiplayer game was Apex Legends, which beat out both. Uh, which beat both the new Call of Duty Modern Warfare and Tom Clancy's The Division. I know that you are a player of both of those games. Where? What's your thoughts on that? I like Apex's multiplayer better than Call of Duty. So Yo, okay. I never touched Apex, so mm. I can't comment on that. Uh, Call of Duty's multiplayer can be fun, but a lot of it is that if you ask me, the maps are too big. Uh, you know, and, and especially fucking picking. Uh, oh my mm, god, which is a shame because I mean, what a fucking mission that one was in uh in mm-hmm. single player. Uh, so a lot of it is just, I mean, like when I'm not playing with friends, it's just like, this is boring and I haven't touched the divisions multiplayer yet. So Mm -hmm. I can't really comment Mm -hmm. on that one. All right. Well, I mean, so I, I voted for Tetris 99 because I played that. Tetris 99 is dope. (laughs) Yeah. I think it is like what, like multiplayer games are supposed to be like, because so Tim Rogers put out a video today, uh, his top 10 games of the decade. And uh, he was saying that one of the things that he hopes for the next decade is that we all like get off the internet and stop, put down our phones for a minute and play video games together on the same TV as like, like friends. The old days. Yeah. It, because that's like, that is real gaming, right? Yeah, to me, I it is. So I mean, that's, that's what it, that's what it was for me for and the longest then, time. Man. And like, love to do that. all these online games now are kind of samey. I feel, but Tetris ninety nine like made the online component really interesting. Kind of like Death Stranding did some really interesting things with it. Okay, I'll pull up. Um, we do, we do, we do, we do have a win though. So okay, so we have two wins. So the first one I want to talk about is. Score and soundtrack. Death Stranding won best score and soundtrack. Fuck Which, yeah, no, they dude. fucking did. Yeah, and so good. This is and, I. I screamed because I, when I was like scrolling <laughs> through Twitter, I, they announced it, and then uh, Ludwig uh, tweeted like, uh, "Yeah, let's." Uh, it's getting pressed to vinyl by Mondo. Mm-hmm. Yo, really? I, so stoked, yeah. yeah. And I'm like really into vinyl, so yeah. I'm just, Stoked to have this. The, Mondo does great they prints. Really the, do. um, the uh the Metal Gear Solid soundtrack vinyl I have, and it's amazing. So I'm very excited to get Death Stranding. So. Yeah, I I have um, the Metal Gear Solid one as well, and it sounds really good. My only beef with it is 
it doesn't have the police nuts theme intro. Mm. And we've got one more that we want to talk about. Well, that there's we're very excited there's two. About. There's two. There's more. two. Yeah. yeah. There's two more well, wins. Well, I'm talking about performance. Uh, okay. Oh, yes. Well, obviously, what's the, what's the other one? Because the I other the it. other one is um, studio direction. and game direction. Yeah. Oh, yes. You know, you oh, know. yeah, I did. So let's, talk, yeah. let's, let's talk. Let's talk performance. Let's talk performance real quick. Mm-hmm. So performance. Actually, can guess? Can we have? Can we have Chris introduce this? Oh my god! You know, I just, I, I know that in my heart of hearts, this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. But he, he stole our hearts. Mm-hmm. He, we were the bridge to his future. Sure. Mr. Cliff Unger, Maddie the Daddy Mickelson. Absolutely, sir. Absolutely. That's King Mormon. Mike drop he is a king. He he is a king that walks amongst among us. Long may he us. reign. If if I could just touch the hem of his garment. <laughs> oh my god. I actually sent um in regards to, to Daddy Mads and Miss, as as Cliff, I sent a like a compilation video of all of Cliff's wartime appearances from Death Stranding to Sheena the other day, and she was like, "This is awesome! I have so many questions." <laughs> <laughs> um, and then yeah, so we've got um, this was a weird one. So Sony Interactive Entertainment. And Kojima Productions, yes, one studio yes. game direction, both for Death Stranding, which is f- fair, I would say. This I mean, is- like they were so intertwined in the production yeah. of the game, and I, it's really awesome that they did win. I mean, like it's their first real game out; it's their first foray into the award season, and I'm really happy that they have now like some kind of actual merit to back up future projects. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be very real with you. I think that um, it's a real shame that uh, from software didn't win. Mm. I mean, I, I think overall direction, there's a lot about, death straining and a lot of pieces that came together to create this massive experience. Uh, but Sekiro is just like a fantastic video game. And I think I've said this on, in the episodes before, I think that death straining is more of like a critique of video games than a video game, but sure. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. All right. So enough of the game awards. We're going to move back. Tyler Washington had a couple more questions. We're going to rapid fire. Boys, what do you think about the thick box Xbox Series X? I don't fuck with Xbox. Same, typically. I uh, also, it looks weird. It looks like a PC tower. Um, okay. Uh, dumb name. <laughs> yeah, right? Right? <laughs> name is stupid. You could, Microsoft you couldn't go, is terrible at marketing. You couldn't, really? like, PlayStation had the best idea. It's simplicity. Numbers. Yeah. And this isn't like this isn't us and I and I will say, I don't think this is us being like like Sony fanboys. What do you want to buy? Do you want to buy an Xbox, an Xbox One, an Xbox One X, an Xbox One S, Xbox uh Xbox Series X? What do you want to get? I don't know. The boomers are gonna be confused and they're buying things for their grandkids. 
I well, thought you wanted I mean, Nintendo. <laughs> I mean, Sony Sony did it so well that Apple copied them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With the iPhone. Numbers. Easy peasy. Yep. They did skip the nine, much like Windows. They did skip the nine. <laughs> yeah, well, this is the problem. Counting to ten is very difficult. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, quick thoughts. Future of Kojima Productions. Um, I like the idea that they're going to be possibly doing movies, personally. Mm-hmm. I want to see some movies. I do, too. I think Hideo Kojima will excel at making movies because he's got a very good direction. Um, and I honestly, I think he's good at crafting stories, too. I think he just needs to be. I think I think the the short form of a movie will have will like force him to kind of rein it in a little bit. And I think it'll be that much tighter and, and, and good. Yeah, okay. like short form compared compared to like a video game. So, um, Death Stranding two. What do you anybody what think? Do you, it's what do you think about like different games that they might pull? Well, we've got that horror game potentially that's coming out, which I am not excited about, but we will cover if it happens. Yeah, we'll do it. Um, do you guys think Death Stranding two might be on the horizon? Do you think, or do you think it wrapped up in a? a I movie? hope. I hope it's not. Mm. Yeah. Um. I think he was asked this question and he said he would have to start. It would have to be uh, a complete do over, like Mm. something completely new. I think it'd be foolish Mm -hmm. to do a, uh, to do a uh, sequel to that game. Yeah, it would be, it would absolutely be. I mean, we have the, the beauty of death stranding is that it's an amazing narrative that is fully contained in one game. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what Kojima has been honestly trying to do since Metal Gear Solid 2. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I I would love to see a Death Stranding movie. Yeah. Like set in the I, universe, I think. I don't know if I want a Death Stranding movie. I would lo- So here's the thing. I would love a Death Stranding movie if it wasn't about the characters in Death Stranding. I want a Death Stranding movie that covers the actual event that was the Death Stranding. Yes, that's what I. That's like. what I would want. This to is see. this is explained in the game. They tell you how this happened, regardless. Like the void outs and. No, no, no! Like I, that's fine. I don't. I, I. We heard about it. Yeah. I want to see it. I mean, I want to. I, I, I don't think I want to see it. You start popping up, and they're fucking people up, and the time falls. Degrading cities and shit like that. Like that's what I. I, see. I don't think I want to see it. I don't, I don't think I want to see any of that. Honestly, Why? I think Why? I think that part of the kind of mystique, and this is not me being, like poetry is fucking like everything, and like I'm so artistic. No, like part of the kind of mystique of Death Stranding is that. We don't know. It's the unknown. Mm. I can agree yeah. with that. It's the it's it's that kind of. I mean, we we kind of joke about like the whole like Eldritch butthole dogs, <laughs> right? But like Eldritch, like that kind of Eldritch essence, like that kind of outer worldly horror that we don't know about. That it's 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 such a it's such a far fetched idea or concept that we can't really wrap our brains around that we can't fully comprehend i think that is kind of what makes death stranding so great and what makes the story so great 
is that we don't truly understand. The main fucking scientist that is studying the quote, like the, like the tangible afterlife doesn't fully understand everything. And that's kind of cool to me. It's beautiful. And it's, I think taking that from us, that, that by giving us an answer is a disservice. Not only to the story, but also to the fans and to the mythos of the game. Because it it takes so much away from all the characters. Like, Higgs is this fucking separatist who is obsessed with the idea of annihilation and the end times. Explaining away his ideology is it, it, by, you know, by giving it a kind of quantifiable measure detracts from his character. Does that make sense? No. (laughs) I mean, okay. Okay. Look, look, you, 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 you don't think Higgs, you would, I I guess what I'm trying to say is I'd love to see like a Higgs origin. I don't care. I well, no. What I'm I'm saying is, is, is that you wouldn't think Higgs is as good of a character if you knew every single aspect of like the original big death stranding of the original BT, because it was obviously a cataclysmic event. I think I would. I think that like what I think we're going to, it's another debate. No, I think that we're two different people and we consume media differently. And I think that I would love to see that. And I think Sam and I are standing on top of our hill for this one. I agree with Cole, except I would totally love to hear it if uh, Mads Mikkelsen just read it to us and we just watched it. You know what? No, I mean, like, I'm going to toss the ring over to Chris on that. I I would listen to Mads Mikkelsen read it all day. Sure, sure. But, like, I don't know. Like, I I don't want to know. I really don't want to know. I want, I, I, I know I bitched a lot during the season that, like, I don't know shit about shit. But then it, came to a point while I was playing the game that's like, hey, maybe I'm not supposed to know shit about shit. It's the kind of mystery of the world, the exploration, the actual discovery of everything that is the game. I need to acknowledge something here, and that's that Cole has learned Lynch and learned cinema. And uh, shout out to Alessio for helping me educate him. Yeah, for real. Shouts out. Shouts out. Shouts I, uh, out. I'm baby. Alessio, we did it. I I uh, disagree. Let's move on to our next question. <laughs> um, uh, the next 10 years of gaming, that's a very big question. Fuck. Um, okay. <laughs> that's a big, big question. I just think it's going to get more. I think we're going to get more graphics. More graphics. Oh, we're just we're just talking about what we're expecting in the next in the next decade. Probably. I mean, what else? What else would it be? I mean, obviously, more graphics for sure. More graphics. Skyrim re released on every console released. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, uh, we're gonna see some big VR stuff. I was just about to say that. I think VR will become yeah. more 
accessible. Personally, mm-hmm. I think that's why the new Xbox is so big. I think that Microsoft is planning to like make a computer console. It looks like a PC con, like a PC tower. Yeah, yeah. It so like it's, a tower. it's a little bit more than it's a little bit more than than a foot tall. It's about a little bit more than six inches wide, and it's just like a PC console or PC tower. I mean. I, yeah, I, I also agree, I, can agree I think that. I think we're gonna see two things as far as like games are concerned. It's cute. Um, I think <laughs> we're gonna see more multiplayer games, like a ton more multiplayer games, like <laughs> and not and not just like first person shooters. Um, I think we're gonna see more like interactive multiplayer games, but I think the one of the main things will be like simulation slash narratives. I think yeah. that will be the next big thing in the next the 10 years, only thing, honestly. The only thing I want to see come out in the next 10 years is the PlayStation 2 Classic, but with an actual fucking game library. Wow. Shots fired. Dang. Uh, I would love to see Seaman 2. Um, uh, the the hmm? Dreamcast game? Yeah, the Talking Fish game. Uh, Are we not doing phrasing anymore? Like, is that not phrasing? Yeah. Sam, cue here. (sighs) Nope. (laughs) Good. We don't cue here. Good for you. Stand your ground. (laughs) Do you even cue here? Oh my god! Do you just cue it here? No, 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 no. She doesn't even cue it here. Oh my you God. don't even cue it. Anything else you're looking forward to, Chris? Please, please. <laughs> um, please. Yeah, I th- I hope that we do get... Uh, I want to see, like, storytelling. Yeah. Like, we're so, like I think what Ho- Kojima did, this was something that, like, uh, Mr. Wolf hit on, is that he felt like this was the last gasp of, like, video games trying to be these big Hollywood blockbuster things and i think kojima just pulled it off rather Mm. spectacularly and what i hope it does is open like new opportunities in cinema you Mm. know and in storytelling so that's what i would like to see going going along with that what do you think about i mean because like cinema and games are becoming more and more alike i mean like you, you have stuff like um Oh God! What's what's the franchise? It's there's a there's a certain company, and their whole thing is like interactive narrative. Like they did. Um, oh, the Telltale series. No, no, no! It's not Telltale, but Telltale is one of them. Let me look them up. Um, until Until Dawn. It's essentially a fucking movie where the car- where the player has agency over the actors. I think that that is something that will become more prevalent in gaming in the next 10 years. I'd also like to think that Sony is going to keep up because they've been doing a lot. Like we talked about this before, but like they've been doing a lot of very heavily story based like things. So like death stranding and we've also got God of war and the last of us two is coming out. Like ghost of Tsushima looks very like story driven as well. So I think they're going to continue that trend. Yeah. Yeah, I think the way it's all going to shake out with this next generation is Sony's going to, be like the entertainment blockbuster Hollywood stuff. And I think uh, Nintendo's just going to be Nintendo because they're great at it. 
mm-hmm. and Xbox is going to be like kind of what Sega was, the arcade experience and like mm. the games and, and they're focused on like gameplay. I also I want a GameCube classic. <laughs> oh, I, I would too. I, I would just, I would kill for I'd, GameCube like, classic. New games just have not looked interesting to me lately. So I've been going back and through emulators or other means just trying to play through these old games that either you know, and relive that nostalgia or just try to play games that I never got a chance to play when I was younger. Hmm. Well, speaking of new games, Mora wants to know, <laughs> are we going to buy uh, what games we're looking forward to playing next year? And for me, Last of Us 2, Cyberpunk, Animal oh, Crossing. Oh, shit. I forgot Give about Cyberpunk. Me. Cyberpunk and Animal Crossing, baby. All day mm-hmm. long. Yeah, I think Cyberpunk is probably the next big game I'm looking forward to. Cyberpunk and Outer Worlds for me. Just because... Well, Outer Worlds came out I, this year. I understand year. that, but I'm just talking about like playing them. Just what you're going to play yeah. next year. Outer Worlds is very good. Yeah. Um, Last of Us 2, I'm so excited for Last of Us 2. I'm excited to play Last of Us 2 once and then never play it again and think of it as one of my favorite games of all time. So... <laughs> That's the kind of shit that Naughty Dogs bring to the table with Last of Us. Um, are we going to buy either of the next-gen consoles when they release next No, year? I'll buy them a year before uh, the next, yeah. next-gen consoles release, just like I did with my PS4. Mm. Uh, I'll buy the PS5. I am going to wait to see how loud the PS5 is before I buy another so, Sony product. My plan is I... I currently own two PlayStations. I've got the Destiny PS4, and then I have a PS4 Pro. I'm going to keep the PS4 Pro for nostalgia's sake and for uh, sentimental sake, but I'm going to trade in my PlayStation, my Destiny PlayStation for mm. uh, credit to get the PS5. Uh, yeah, six dollars in mm. credit at GameStop. Bitch, <laughs> <laughs> um, six dollars is six dollars. What you got to say? I'm definitely going to pl- get the PS5. Um, I'm considering getting the Xbox depending on what more I see about it. Like, I'm considering being a double console boy. Blasphemy. Eh, yeah, whatever. I mean, do you have a Switch? I do have a Switch, but I don't count that because Nintendo is like its own animal. Yeah. Do you think of the, do you think of the Nintendo more as a toy than a console? No, not. No, I don't. But like. It's so different from what Sony and Microsoft are doing with their consoles that I, I it's hard to be like, oh yeah, I'm a dual console guy because I have a I have a PlayStation Four and a Nintendo Switch. So like, it feels, will, it feels a little disingenuous to say. Yeah, oh my God, I, we yeah. got to do I, a fucking brawl sometime then on Smash Bros. When I want whimsy, I pick up the Switch. When I want like gritty reality and Dark Souls and Bloodborne, I play my PlayStation. Hmm. Like they're trying to port like games like Overwatch and other games to the Switch too, but it's just like it's such a it's just still just doing it's just such a different experience. Yeah, you guys see they're well, porting Alien Isolation onto the Switch. No, nope, don't care, won't play it. Sure won't play it. <laughs> sure won't that console. Miss me with that. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Miss me with that. No, thank that. you. We've gotten through our topics. Thanks, everybody who submitted topics for our episode here. Um, we've got a. Sp- special one so we mentioned we're going to be I, I don't know that we talked about this at the top of the episode like i wanted to we're going to be doing our gift exchange that we had mentioned on a special non-monday episode of metal gear mondays because we none, not all of us have our gifts yet 
Um, and we also got a special topic that was uh, come up that was uh, invented up by myself, yours truly, that we are also going to talk about on that special episode. So stay tuned for that. But right now, babies, we got to do some listener responses. Hello. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm going to start us out uh, with an email from James C. James says, hey there, longtime listener to Metal Gear Mondays. Love the podca- podcast and await its arrival every week as it is my favorite podcast. Aw. Um, thank anyhow, you, Thank you, James. <laughs> anyhow, as far as Death Stranding goes, the game was an overall masterpiece in my mind. It does have a few flaws, of course, in the driving and driving the vehicles could be a bit better, but this game did uh, overly well in what I believe most Kojima fans would want. The story is as deep as any of Kojima's games and is crazy, which I'm sure if you're a fan is what you look for in a Kojima game. Um, I really enjoyed how even some of the most evil-seeming characters had, quote, good intentions at least at some point throughout the story. It's a big factor in what makes the characters feel real, in my opinion. Even the worst people throughout history usually had good intentions in some way, shape, or form. While the game is great, I do agree with a couple simple flaws you guys mentioned that would make the trek across America and back again a bit easier. I think one of my biggest pet peeves was the simple fact that the emails have no audio. I want to know all the information in them, but sitting and reading emails every five minutes is miserable, and trying to read them in bulk can get old quick. Being able to listen to this stuff while doing anything else, even outside of the game, would be so much better. My only other real complaint is when entering and leaving the BT areas. Just give us a damn skip option. Oh, say it louder for the people uh, in the back. Preach. <laughs> Anyhow, I don't have too much else to say without going into detailed story pieces, and I thought it would be better to keep this a bit more simple as if it's just as if it's just a box. <laughs> what? Um, I will say, uh, after listening to every episode of Melgar Mondays, we formed like a connection or something. Looking forward to the upcoming episodes, but be careful. There's mine's there. And he says, cue it here. But James, I already did it. I said the Hey! Thing. Thank you, James, for writing in. Thank you. Uh, Next up, Mr. Zach James, would you like to read the next Absolutely. question? Absolutely. Our next one, is it a question or, or, or submission, I should say. Uh, we'll find it's an out. email. I, was, I, I, uh, mis- our next I misspoke. One is from it is an email. One Robert Byers, who says, short and sweet, I love the game. Have over 60 hours in the beginning of chapter 15. In at the beginning of chapter 15. Ooh. Man, that's a lot of hours. Am I the only one that didn't trust Amelie from the very beginning of the game? No, you're not. No, I, couldn't, I literally couldn't shoot her fast enough when given the, quote, choice to do so. She <laughs> and me both, brother. Just wish more time would have been put in, in, would have been spent in making her relationship matter to Sam for the overall story. I agree. I fully agree with that. I so, fully agree with that. Yeah, I mean, so about the Amelie Trust thing, I think that it was intentionally designed to where you were supposed to not trust her because mm-hmm. the, the whole, like, turn of the game is, like, realizing that while she's uh, chained to this awful fate of having to usher in the extinction of humanity, uh, she really is like a good person and she wants to save and people and help. Mm. So this is like what you have to overcome as a, a player of the game. And speaking on that, I don't think we ever went back to it to fully determine back in the episode, but I think the result is... Me and Cole are doing a double slap. So both of us are getting... Yeah, slapped. no, we're both yeah. slapping yeah. each other. We're going to have to film that slow good guy. Oh, yes. Oh, for sure. Oh, yes. Oh, this yeah. Um, but slaps. Yes. Thank you, Robert, for... Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. ...submission. Uh, Chris, would you like to check out Jason's email? Yeah, Jason Sarzniak. I hope I pronounced that correctly, Jason. Uh, so Jason writes... 
Hey guys, love the show. Found it a couple months ago and so far have listened up to the start of the Snake Eater season. That was my favorite season when I was binging Metal Gear Mondays. So Jason, I'll be interested to hear uh, how you feel about it. I'm real curious to hear Uh, Jason's thoughts of my, uh, my transformation from then to now. Oh, (laughs) yeah. Oh, yeah. This, this will be interesting. Yeah. So, uh, he also says, I've also skipped ahead to Death Stranding episodes after beating it, so I am kind of current with the show. So at least he knows who we are, right? Mm-hmm. What's up? I, I played through every <laughs> game in the series multiple times and have earned the PlayStation Platinum trophies for Metal Gear Solid 2, 3, 4, 5, and Peace Walker. Ooh, now he's chipping away at the Death Stranding that Platinum. Golf clap. Damn! Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. golf clap. Uh, yeah, mad respect because I will be the first to confess that while I love Metal Gear Solid, the first time I ever beat Metal Gear Solid 3, I played it on very easy. So mm. I'm not very good at these games. I just like them. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jason is wondering if uh, you had had any of the premium deliveries accessible only on hard mode. You need to compete 20 of them in each category, condition, quantity, miscellaneous and time for a total of 80 with an S rank to get the growth of a legend trophy. At the time I'm writing this, I am only three more time-based deliveries away from it. So I am doing my second playthrough of death Stranding right now, and I am doing it on the hardest setting. And I have to say, Jason, uh, I cannot crack these time-based deliveries. Like they are it. When we were talking in, through playing the game the first time, how the time-based deliveries usually weren't a problem. Like, holy crap, these are a real problem. They are not easy. Um, have any of you guys played through any of this nope. on hard? Can't, can't no, no. I plan on doing, like, a, my second playthrough probably next year. Uh, I don't... I hate saying this, but I don't plan on touching this game for at least a month or two. I mean, I, I mm-hmm. think that's fair. It's, um, I think the experience is either you want to dive back in, or the the reaction rather. The reaction is you either want to dive back in right away, or you need to like step back and then come back to it later. Ah, so where was I? Um, on a related note, uh, the way the game saves your progress is buggy as shit. Yesterday, I completed my 18th time delivery with an S rank manually saved and today when i loaded back i was at a destination but the clock was still counting down and the delivery was still open upon making the delivery it gave me an a rank this time there was a little that was a little frustrating because i'm having trouble finding um just finding the last few time deliveries i haven't completed yet yeah i I have uh actually noticed that the game seems less less uh finished on hard um like it does glitch sometimes and i'm i don't know if it's because there's like more stuff going on like there's more bt fields and things like that that i i at least i feel i know alessio in the discord said that it was uh uh the only difference was like the health bars on the bosses Mm -hmm. but i do feel like there are actually more bts around um. Yeah. So he says, last time you mentioned you did not try the ziplines, 
If you still haven't, you should. They are your best friend in this game, especially for the premium deliveries or on a quick extraction out of a BT territory. You can chain them together between each delivery destination, and they don't rely on gravity, so you can use them to get up mountains. No more walking for me. Also, fucking I wish. Good <laughs> God, dude. Yeah. Not never having to go up the goddamn mountain one more time. Mm-hmm. I think that's my biggest uh, motivation to do a second playthrough is to. Am I still the only person that didn't mind the mountain? I did. I, I, I think so. I fucking hated it. I fucking hated every minute of being on that fucking mountain. I just wow. yeeted trucks everywhere. <laughs> I didn't eat trucks anywhere. I just thought it was relaxing. Yeah. You found it. Never mind. I'm once I got through like that weird BT patch, like in the middle of it. Yeah, I did. Even without BB, it was not bad. No. Um. So the ending of this uh, great letter is also: Were you all glad to find out the elder died? Yes. Fuck the elder. Fuck the elder. Uh, Thanks for keeping me entertained at work. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you, Jason. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. Thank you, Jason. Thank you, buddy. Uh, Cole, would you like to read uh, read Tyler's letter? Yeah, yeah, I'd be more than happy to. Your co-high and mine, <clears throat> Tyler Washington. Tyler, my man, writes, Hey, y'all, it's your boy Tyler. What's up, Tyler? How you living? First off, I want to say I hate y'all because I'm listening <laughs> to the podcast at the work and you brought up the emotional stuff in episode 14 and now I want to cry because it brought back the memories. I am... So sorry. I'm so, so sorry, buddy. (laughs) Moving on, I really like Death Stranding, even with all its weird things. Going in, I didn't want to come to the end of the game and think, oh, Kojima is just up up the end of his butt. (laughs) (laughs) And he's just trying to make a movie. But as I was playing it and seeing the world open up to us and expand, I began to really appreciate what he was saying. I love seeing characters like Sam and Deadman involved, people who were self-imposed outsiders who became insiders. I feel that. I feel that 100%. Uh, shout out to Kojima for creating a game that opens, drops tons of story and closes. I felt like, yes, there are maybe some things you can expand on, but this game literally opens and closes, and I'm not too mad about that. Same. That's literally what we were just talking about earlier. I'm mm-hmm. I'm cool with not having a ton of exposition, even though I was asking for like a lot of that in the actual season proper. And I want to clarify um, that I also agree that it was a very tight, complete story that I don't need more from, but if they made more, I would be okay with it. Sure. That's all I was sure. Saying. Obviously. Uh, he goes on to say, that does come with <laughs> some butts, though. I'm sure we were all annoyed with episodes 10 through 13, fucking preach. <laughs> Feeling like it could have been cut down to either two episodes or just one huge episode. I think Zach James might be your best friend, buddy. Mm-hmm. Hit me up. Some characters, <laughs> Hit me up. Some characters are useless. I'm looking at that stupid-ass couple in the old man. Yep. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Fuck those... Fuck every single one of those people. Wow. Oh That's my harsh. god. Is it harsh? No, never mind. No. Um, and sometimes you will fall for the smallest things, but I digress. There are more ups than downs, and I'm very happy with the game. I could go on and on about this, but you guys don't need to hear me. We'd love to. 
go on and on. Thanks for covering it all, Bubbies. (laughs) Thanks for covering it all, Bubbies. I'm excited to see what 2020 brings. So are we, man. Thank you so much for writing in. It's up on the Discord, man. Um, Always happy to chat. mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. We've got a couple more letters here, and they are a bit longer. So what we're going to do is we're going to kind of divide them up um, between the four of us, and we're going to read these letters off. And the first one is from Seamus Moose, which is the greatest name totally in the world. Totally read it as Samus, because um, I got Metroid on the brain. <laughs> Samus Moose. Uh, Seamus Moose writes, Hello, Sam and company. This is my general experience with uh, Death Stranding and my thoughts after my first playthrough. I'm in the process of getting 100%, and I'm going to restart and play through slower and read all the emails after that. And I must say that I have not read around 50% emails, so please excuse any ignorance to that. Brother, most of us are in the same boat, so it's okay. Um, I've read them I am I am so excited to finally be writing into the podcast. I have so many ideas and thoughts on this game, but I will try to keep this email as brief and concise as possible, and I'll try to focus on Death Stranding itself and not so much Metal Gear as you have done so far on the podcast. Also try and focus on the game separately as a video game, a story, and finally, the most hard to define, a piece of art. So I've been listening for a few months now, and I've gone through almost the entirety of Metal Gear Monday's backlog. I cannot thank you enough for providing this thorough and multidimensional analysis and conversation about this game series, as finding people in the real world who have knowledge of the series is difficult, so discussion of it is scarce. I will now begin the obligatory opening where I divulge my discovery of Metal Gear and this <laughs> and this beepity bop boom pop awesome podcast. <laughs> I didn't read that part when I was putting this together. That's awesome. <laughs> um, I discovered Metal Gear Solid in grade school and was pulled to it simply due to it being a cool story about a secret agent. Gold and I had come out recently, so secret agents were certified as cool. Plus, my older brother was playing it, so it had to be cool. My older brother, Gray Fox, has been my primary gaming influence and go-to for all gaming discussions. Little did I know, this would be the start of a long appreciation for both the series and... <laughs> for both the series and its creator, Video Regina. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it is so much more than a story about a secret agent. Over the years, uh, I feel like that had to have been an autocorrect, right? I'm pretty sure the name is pronounced Regina. It has to be. Like, Video Regina is a place. Yeah, Hideo Kojima, I'm pretty sure. That's amazing, though. I love it. Um, It's so much more than a story about a secret agent. Over the years, Metal Gear became my favorite game series, both because of its gameplay and because of the themes throughout the series that commented on real-world issues, relationships, and gaming itself. However, as I said before, it's really hard to find people who do more than appreciate one or two of the games and have fun with its gameplay. I've always times felt like the meme of Charlie Day from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia standing in front of the board covered in wild information rambling out conspiracy theories when really I'm just trying to convey the stories of the characters that feel real and have intricate dynamic story arcs. But you know what they say, you can lead a horse to water but you can't make it think critically about a cyborg ninja possibly being a metaphor for the spirit of soldiers who feel like machines that are little more than pawns chosen to kill. Preach, brother. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I digress. This is where the podcast come in, comes in. After years of discussing the intricacies of the Metal Gear universe with my brother, I sought an online community to supplement the fact that no, uh, no one, no one I know has any deep knowledge of the series. I luckily and immediately found the MGM podcast. Honestly, my co-work should contribute. Coworkers should contribute to your Patreon as a podcast provided them with solace for my never-ending journey to find people that want to talk about Metal Gear and spared them from me exercising my ability to relate to Metal Gear to things. Yes, I guess I am that Metal Gear guy. I absolutely love large, intricate story and went in head first. Anyway, I listened through most of the backlog and planned to buy Death Stranding and play through at the same time as y'all, which brings me to the next part, my experience with Death Stranding. 
When I first started this game, my experience was not unlike those I've heard on the podcast. I was speechless for the game to finally be here and also to explore a new world created by Kojima. This wasn't a sequel, this wasn't another chapter in the massive behemoth that is the story of Metal Gear, and this wasn't even fitting into an easily described genre, it was new. What I was seeing seemed to be purely Kojima and I was ecstatic about it. I watched the first cut scenes and was confused, but I was okay with that because I expected that. I mean, after all, the lolly lule low, lol. When I first walked out of Capital Not City, I was floored by the realistic beauty and taken with a feeling of being at the start of an amazing adventure. At the start of the first, first Low Roar song, the game's atmosphere had me 100% immersed in that world. Cole, would you like to take it from here? This feeling continued all the way through Chapter 3. I know they are called episodes, but it just feels natural calling them chapters, so there you go, lol. Yeah, we called them chapters too quite a bit. <laughs> it's, it's fine. It's totally, totally fine. Anyways, I had a great time delivering packages, learning how to use the equipment, and in general, soaking in the different environments and terrain. Meeting Hicks was great, and Troy Baker could not have done better as the smartass condescending villain. I agree. A thousand percent agree. Yeah. Second I, was, I was always kind of expecting him to show up and do something mischievous, and traveling with that feeling was fun. Completely agree. My brother and I were texting daily about our progress in the game and moving forward at the same pace. The fact that the game had strengthened our connection in the real world was not lost to us as we moved forward. That was kind of something that happened to me and Chris, if I'm being so honest. Yeah. Uh, chapter 4 could not have come at a better time. I had completed the road from Port Knot to South Knot City for no other reason than to help other players and deliver pizzas. Chris? Mm. <laughs> this is big Hampton energy right uh, here. It's it's very big Hampton energy. B H E. I did feel accomplished, but all the road building grind had me feeling burnt out and worried about pacing decisions. That made Chapter Four and the su- the first Chiral Superstorm all that much more awesome. Through or also there, sorry, really made me appreciate the patient pacing of this game. It also reinforced the idea that I had uh, that you guys mentioned on the podcast. The game was reading my mind. At several moments, Sam's commentary, as well as when information was given, seemed well ver- seemed very well timed. Chapter 4 was no exception to that well-approached timing. Now, my journey with Mama. When I saw the large snow-capped mountain <laughs> behind the weather station, my initial thought was that you could not climb over it or traverse it as terrain was too treacherous. Boy, if I got a story to tell on the Patriot Club, if you're subscribed. <laughs> Years of gaming told me that this was a quote-unquote wall that was built that I could only go around and not over. Cue, Sam, by the way, cue uh, the ballad of the man who built many roads here. <laughs> I'm not going to because I don't think that's an actual song. (laughs) (laughs) It is now. It is now. Um, And if that song hasn't been written, well, I could write it. Please write it and send it to us, and we will retroactively do all of this. No, we won't. Yes, we will. Yes, we will. will. Nope, nope, nope. You can can edit this then, Cole. I will edit this if you send it. Because I then completed the roads all the way up to Mountain Knot City. This was hours of grinding, but when I found out I had to take Mama's body to Mountain Knot, I simply strapped her to my back and rode a motorcycle to Mountain Knot. The actual journey just took a few minutes, and the grinding to build... 
<laughs> build the roads got tedious but felt rewarding. I was honestly confused with how much I was affecting other players' worlds, but I was able to enjoy the the feeling of being a workhorse for the good of the general online community. I think this feeling of working for the greater good and overcoming tedious tasks or a general theme of this game fit well with Sam's seemingly reluctant role as the great but reluctant deliverer. Suffer so that others do not have to suffer as you have. I will discuss story and cutscenes later, but here's my experience in the infamous mountains. My time in the mountains was initially very difficult, as was it for all of us, Fred. The time fall snow and not having BB made item management and maintenance more difficult and avoiding BTs more difficult as well. However, I made sure to keep quite a few level 2 PCCs on me and built an intricate series of zip lines in the mountains that made most deliveries less than 10 minutes. Fucking brilliant and lucky. For me, this kind of continued the theme of trudging on but creating a path for others. The zip lines did benefit me, but I did like the idea that hopefully when others connected to the chiral network, it would benefit them as well. I was surprised when you guys said you didn't use the zip lines much because I had no idea how to personally use them. <laughs> I, so, so let me. The, the, what I wanted to say, whenever I would come across this, I'll, I'll clarify. Because with the zip lines, like you have to build at least two for them to work because you have to connect them together, right? So it'd be difficult anyway because you have to make the trek to build the zip lines. And. I just never built them and neither did anybody else in my game. So I would find a zip line, but there wouldn't be any zip lines around it to connect to anything. So I just never used them. And that's why I didn't use them. It just felt tedious to me. I just never figured it. it never, never yeah, it's a lot. Use. Yeah. So that's why I didn't use them. It wasn't like because I was like, no, fuck the zip lines. It was just because like I didn't make any and neither did anybody else in my game. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, he goes on. Um, they're what made the mountains less trying and traumatic. And the only way I would attempt to get five stars in these remote locations. However, I do remember that this was the part of the game where I, when I really started to realize just how much of the story was going to be conveyed to me through emails, which sucks. This is cold talking here. Uh, because my gaming time is limited and I was curious to complete and digest the story. I really didn't spend much time reading the emails. Same, man. And I'm doing a podcast about it. Mm. To be honest, I just didn't have the energy or time. And I feel like some other older gamers could relate to that. One does. Not having a way for me to listen to these emails while I traverse this large world seems like a missed opportunity. But I guess listening to a human voice while you explore would take away from the equipment new terrain. And new challenges progressing organically and comfortable. I have never actually thought about that, but he's 100% right. The whole idea of this game is to make you feel somewhat alone. True. Yeah, I guess. I and giving know. and giving you a voice out there subtracts from that. I mean, when I feel alone, I listen to podcasts. So same here, but like you're you're not you're not you're not delivering in a post-apocalyptic America. This yeah. Sam is. I guess, but like. He'd have, like, a Walkman or something. Either way, I felt the pace of new equipment, <laughs> new ter- terrain, and new challenges progressing organically and comfortable. Meanwhile, I felt like there was an inside joke I was not a part of. 
the inside joke being that the meat of the plot and my exclusion from that joke being a result of me not wanting to read the emails. I trudged on trust in the game. Creators. I'm just saying they have all this technology and they can print, they can fucking 3d print highways, but they can't but do they podcasts. Can't, they, don't, they, they don't have a fucking Walkman. Yeah. Yeah. No. I feel that. I feel that. Fucking fucking iPod nano or something. Come on. Right. <laughs> It's weird. It's really fucking weird. You know, and also, I just want to say, like, in Metal Gear, I remember there was a battery that was charged by the movements of your body. Mm. Where did that technology go? Yeah. What the fuck? It's gone. that we had robot arms in the 1970s. It's been lost to time. Time to time. (laughs) Chris, you want to continue Seamus' letter here? Yes. So... Uh, Seamus continues, the rest of the game was kind of an emotional roller coaster for me. I was really excited to reach Edgenot City, but I also had the feeling that a fa- that I also had the feeling that a gigantic tar lake created another missed opportunity for more varied and uh, playable terrain. Just, yeah, I, I thought so too. Like mm. I think it would have been interesting if they had like an actual desert, like what would geographically be in that area. Mm-hmm. And maybe like uh, they could have tied it in in some way to these like storms that have been happening. Mm-hmm. That, but yeah, I I, I uh, agree with your sentiment here, Seamus. Just like in Metal Gear Solid Five, I expected a third large location. This fear of the end of the game is coming to what felt like a premature. No offense to BB. And was exasperated oh. by the fight with Higgs. Uh, it so much resembled the end of several Metal Gears that I was worried that the story was about to end before I had taken the time to read the emails and really be inside of it. When the game wasn't actually done and the adventure went on, I think I literally thanked Kojima out loud for making me think that it was the end and then letting me know that it wasn't. It almost felt like recognition of Metal Gear Solid 5's abrupt ending. Uh, now, the ending um but yeah i I also want to agree with this too it felt very much more like metal gear solid 2 to me where it there was that moment of like yeah you had that moment where you're fighting with snake and you're like this is the end of the game and then like i'm done now it's 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 here and then the rug gets pulled out from under you yeah um the last few chapters were a blur for me because it involved backtracking it's hard for me to differentiate what happened when but I do remember being very surprised when the game took us to Vietnam, a war that is not only controversial but still has living veterans. The previous battlefields we visited are viewed as necessary wars against an aggressive enemy, and I feel that taking us to Vietnam was brave and was done tastefully. And really importantly to me, with no unnecessary horror for shock value, I was worried mm. that I was going to see something with imagery close to the My Lai Massacre. Yeah, I, I agree with this. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that the fact that it was a controversial conflict, or, or currently is in history, um, was also part of the story, too. Yeah. Um, it's, it, and Kojima is not one to shy away from oh, controversial no, no, no. topics. No, he is yeah. not. 
this next part actually I, I when i read this i was like whoa because i don't think i ever made that connection while we were doing it but i think this is a really good point oh yeah yes uh it stayed tasteful and rather than a horror fest it felt like a commentary on the fact that reconnecting america includes the hard task of wading through our past analyzing that past and coming together in the lessons that we learn from it not just relive reliving and reveling in glory days is having a soldier in modern-day war fatigues wonder yesteryear's battlefields supposed to be a way to suggest that we need to view modern-day veterans with the same respect and reverence as those from other wars? Did not wanting to look at the details of these dark, controversial wars in turn create blind spots to the shattered souls whose wars, who, who, uh, shattered souls those wars created? Delving into hard past is a theme throughout the game, it seems. Maybe. Who knows? Mm. whoa yeah that's really i i yeah legit had not even that's shit yeah it's really good yeah i I think that's an excellent analysis actually i want to zach what do you think about that take i think it's uh i mean i'm kind of upset at myself that i didn't put that you know two and two together on that either but i uh i think that's that's really interesting um mm-hmm. yeah that's really yeah i um that's something we might have to come back to just because i don't want to i don't want to bring us down like another uh another uh rabbit hole <laughs> uh yeah um yes let's continue yeah. uh, as for the final approach to capital and i i also had to fight four butthole lines right before the giant whale <laughs> i'm so sorry <laughs> i feel your pain brother absolutely <laughs> i feel your pain but really, I didn't have a hard time defeating either. Maybe it's because I played so much Metal Gear Solid Five, but having so many hermetic grenades along with the fact that butthole lines have fairly predictable animations made balancing who to throw grenades at when pretty easy to do. You should be on this podcast instead of me because I didn't know <laughs> what to do. As for the whale, I just walked in circles and shot it with quadruple rocket launcher. Okay, so the mini-bosses before the real boss are defeated... Time for me to feel challenged. Right? Wrong. Dang. After defeating Cliff, taking virtually no damage, defeating four butthole lines and a giant BT whale, I instead was led to the final interactive cutscene with deep metaphorical implications. I brought you a metaphor. <laughs> Kojima speaks to us in metaphors, for sure. Literally all he does. I love Kojima's storytelling, <laughs> and I have no problem with metaphors or long cutscenes, but give me that satisfying last battle that lets me know I became better at this game. I want to know I became a badass at the combat, not just a savant at item management. Regardless, the whole game is a crescendo into this hug, rejecting the stick and pulling the rope. I really like this statement, especially in a game whose premise is based upon connection. That was the connection I felt when I was building these roads and zip lines and generators, etc. And I was doing so right after launch. So I felt like my toils were benefiting this awesome first wave of both Kojima fans and curious gamers alike. But I cannot ignore one thing. That anyone who has made it this far in this game and is going to think hard enough to receive that message probably already understands it. Hmm. Whether it's connecting another person or reconnecting the entirety of America, communication isn't the only key to reconnecting. It's bravely going outside our echo chambers of perpetual agreement. 
So I think that that was the message because at the end, like what was causing all the chaos was the chiral network and the mm-hmm. connections. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. this is like going through the backtracking of like, here's this thing we're told it's great and we're spreading it and we're connecting everybody. But it turns out it's actually like all tied to the source that is going to kill us all. Mm. Our extinction, which I think could also be a thing with, uh, you know, like social media. Mm. So, um, uh, hell, that's one great thing about this podcast. This podcast has an ability to discuss and appreciate Metal Gear while also being able to play devil's advocate and say how it could have done things better. Online communities and even real-life communities are often familiar places that people go to to be agreed with, not to have their views challenged and strengthened through that challenge. While communication and reconnecting strands can be very well the key to reconnecting America, I feel that the message in this game is hidden in the echo chamber of already established fans and people that will stick with the gameplay and storytelling style long enough to receive the message. Don't get me wrong, I love that message, and I love that it's being brought to me in an artful way, but in a way so beautiful and deep that most people would be surprised that a video game could do all that. I really appreciate that, and I just hope that the overall feeling somehow permeates into the mainstream gaming community. This is a better. This is getting long, so I better wrap it up. Zach, <laughs> do you want to wrap it up? Overall, I love and I'm very impressed with the game. The graphics are beautiful, and the acting is phenomenal. I just wish the world graphically created before me felt more lives in. Why not have the doors of shelters open and have my five-star completion awards handed to me by the resident living there personally? Making this hologram suddenly into a real character. I understand that's hard to do and make it look good, but if you're going to spend this much time creating a game, why wouldn't you flesh out the characters? From what I've read in the emails, it doesn't seem like the game wants to promote superficial and artificial connection. What if I met the craftsman's wife and daughter and he brought me downstairs and his shelter let me repair or upgrade my gear? He could tell me about how his connecting to the UCA made him feel useful again and made him feel like a good craftsman and husband or something I don't know. I'm not getting paid to write these stories. <laughs> <laughs> I paid 70 bucks for someone else to tell me these stories. But it could give him a story arc and make him feel more real instead of just a menu or another check on the checklist of getting 100%. Really anything except for a hologram with randomly selected responses. Some of the people I brought deliveries to kind of had an attitude. It's like, listen here, Mr. Elder. Man, everyone helps, hates the Elder, and I, nev- I never... <laughs> Good, I they should else. hate the Elder. He fucking okay. sucks. It's, Boomer. It's, it's just weird being looking from the outside because I never interacted with him. It's like, listen here, Mr. Elder. I understand you're addicted to sleeping pills, but I got here as fast as I could. <laughs> I thought that if I made quality and quantity of my deliveries increase and my star rating would improve that and my star rating would improve if my interaction with the holograms would vary. But it became obvious they were randomly generated, non-responsive to the details of my delivery and my star status. My relationship with them and their attitudes were completely static. This is a missed opportunity. The animations that Norman Reedus in the private room the animations with Norman Reedus in the private room also seem pretty random. And I thought they were pretty uncanny valley. Um, as for the gameplay, I thought it was handled wonderfully. It was very enjoyable to play. Beautiful landscapes and a perfectly timed, and a perfectly timed music to go with it created for, 
created a feeling of vastness and emotion. I also really enjoyed the continuation of Kojima's theme of pacifism, mostly because it led to briefcase-based combat. <laughs> Yeet! I cannot stress enough how much I enjoyed beating people up with the briefcases, and it is hands down my most used method of fighting. However, as much fun as I had, I never felt challenged, at best only slowed down, or rarely, but ultimately frustrated. I mean this in regards to both land traversal and fighting sequences. Obviously, stealth and avoiding combat is the best, and perceived suggested option. However, I grew weary of tapping square to escape oil boys and <laughs> not be pulled into another battle with oh, butthole boy. lion that included unskippable animations and cutscenes. Oh, I fucking hear that, Seamus. Not to mention that agonizingly frequent unskippable uh, scene when the when the Odenkirk activating and deactivating <laughs> the Oak I the Ogles Shrek is But watching the animations hundreds of times was infuriating. It, it almost made me quit the game in chapters two and three. Uh, so uh, fucking <laughs> Don't blame you, brother. How do you spend this much time, money, and mental energy making a game and still have something like that in it? So it was probably, I, I hope that it was just an oversight that'll get patched out eventually. It won't. Also, it why won't. could you not put a little crane on my truck and have my cargo bed have a convertible top so I could pick stuff up and put it in my truck without getting out? Getting in and out of the truck. Because that would be too easy. Getting in and out of the truck and having to look at that unskippable two-second scene deterred me from getting, getting out and getting packages. This may come off as impatient, it doesn't, but I truly don't mind sitting through story building or trekking through hard terrain to help build emotion and atmosphere. But please don't make me watch repetitive and unskippable things that add nothing. Dude, I want to buy you a fucking drink. You are, you're just reading my mind. Yeah. Yeah, come to Chattanooga, I got you, buddy. Like, you're, you're not paying for anything. I got you. <laughs> Give me the tools I need to remain immersed. In summation, the gameplay handles wonderfully and is enjoyable. It just seems a little repetitive due to lack of enemy variety and actual frequency of their presence, as well as unskippable moments. My thoughts on the story. Within the DNA of all, uh, with all the games Kojima has created, his love of cinema is in intertwined. This is what drew me to his storytelling. I have no idea how many times my brother and I sat down and played the entirety of Metal Gear or our favorite segments. It feels like revisiting a cult classic movie, a dense, revisitable, contained story. By the time you arrive at Shadow Moses in MGS1, there are 18 hours until the, t the quote, terrorists launch the nuke, end quote. What follows is a story of one night in which Solid Snake prevails. Even if you run around shooting people in the helipad for a week, it's implied that the whole story is contained within one night. This general feeling of a contained story continues to Metal Gear Solid 4, with an arguable break in the format during Peace Walker. I bring up Metal Gear Solid to accentuate a storytelling approach I perceive Metal Gear Solid 5 had that Death Stranding also has. Kojima's attempt to tell a dense, intricate, sometimes linear, self-contained story within an open world. Doing this, I don't feel like I don't feel like I could sit down and revisit the story of Venom Snake in an easily accessible way, and I feel the same way about revisiting Sam's adventure. In general, the important story of Death Stranding seems to spread out, and it seems spread out and a bit hard to digest. I don't see myself as being able to sit down with my brother and revisit this game in a night. <sighs> yeah, me too. Though the figurines 
in the private room help? This is my opinion only, and it has a lot to do with video games' role in my life at this time. Now the game as a piece of art. I think as art, the game is absolutely phenomenal. The artist Kojima has created exactly what he wanted to create, and has said exactly what he wants to say. I've always felt that Kojima has been out there, letting people know how Letting people know games can be seen as art and viewed with a critical eye to promote thought and make as much of an impact as other mediums have and do. Even if he's off in left field, I will meet, I will meet Kojima out there because he usually has something worthwhile to say. Genes, memes, scene, and now connectivity and the lack of it. I'll round us home here. Uh, overall, I love the game. It's a bold attempt to make a statement and ignore industry norms and its smooth gameplay. I would recommend it to someone who I know has patience and an open mind to really appreciate it, and it's so awesomely Kojima. However, I wish the world felt more full, the characters more fleshed out, and the story was more accessible. Thank you so much. Again, I'm sorry this is so long. I had a lot of notes and tried to be as concise as possible. My hand! Thank you for your patience, <laughs> Moose. And if you want to add Moose on PSM, it's... Uh, Led Big Boss Zep, LED Big Boss Zep, and we've got one more uh, listener response here, um, uh, from Ben Delarosa, and this is a little bit more of a traditional. But so Ben uh, has not caught up to the podcast up to now, and I'm going to read this as written. So there's going to be a lot of references to things, and uh, uh, he's going to be very surprised when he gets here and listens to this. Hey Ben. Um, Hey, Ben. Uh, longtime listener, first time caller, Alessio. <laughs> Break out the editing pen. It's going to be a long one. And this will also be Isaac friendly. No potty talk. Actually, it's long, so we probably don't want Isaac reading this on air or do we? Well, I'm breaking out the editing pen and Isaac's no longer here. <laughs> I'm closest to Isaac and I don't mind potty talk. Let's go. Yep. Let's go. Prologue. How I found the show. Searching for Metal Gear Solid music on Spotify and the podcast was a suggestion. Started listening to the cast in early May 2019, and it was around that time that Donna Burke Tishi was working on something for the Metal Gear Solid fans. Um, and then I saw the team was able to interview her. I've never listened to a podcast before with the exception of the ones in Metal Gear Solid 4. Decided to listen to the Twin Snakes episode, which is episode 95, as a test. Didn't want to listen to episode 1 right away, figuring the quality might not be great. You're right. Um, <laughs> so thank you, for, thank you for doing that. But episode 95 is recent enough to get a good feel vibe of the show. Obviously, I liked it. Otherwise, I wouldn't be doing a listener response for the first 96 episodes and everything in between. I listened to the Donna Burke interview next because I thought the team was able to uncover what project she was working on. It was a really fun interview, and then I started my descent to hell and go even deeper. I wanted to see how crappy the podcast was at the beginning. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dang, Ben. Oh, my God. Red to filth. Ben. Act one, Liquid Podcast. Much like everyone else, I didn't have anyone to talk to about Metal Gear Solid. Yesterday, quote, updated, no, I started writing this back in September 2019. Uh, was the first day I haven't listened to a Metal Gear Monday show since I started on episode one. Almost four straight months of Metal oh, Gear Mondays. Shit. On my train ride to and from work and anytime I was driving anywhere and occasionally as I was washing dishes or mowing the lawn. It was odd not listening to Metal Gear Mondays. I thought it was a really cool idea to have two people that hadn't played the game and two people that had played the game and two people that haven't. Poor Cam. Oh, Cam. Oh. I like hearing Cam's perspective because it was interesting to hear someone's opinions that were totally wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I jest, but it was interesting to hear the viewpoints of someone who actually kind of disliked the game. I don't know anyone who has given Metal Gear Solid a fair shake and not liked the game, but I guess Cam is part of the 1%. What the man um, love? 
I was glad that a lot of the tips, tricks, and game strategies the team provided were ones I already knew. How can I call myself a Metal Gear Solid fan if I didn't know all this stuff too? There were a couple of times I was tempted to reach out to the crew to share additional gaming strategies, but remember that these things happened years ago. Along with that, there were times I was thinking, how can these guys not remember what they said in an earlier episode? Again, realizing that it's only been months for me, but literally years for the MGM crew. Uh, James was the great. Uh, was a great addition and the best hype man ever. Uh, I, agree. His, I agree. After listening to his first episode, I thought, "What's up with this new guy?" Then the next episode, Sam called him Alessio's hype man, and I busted out laughing. From that point on, I would chuckle when James would make hype comments when anyone on the team said something. Loved it. Um, Act two, solid game franchise. There are three game franchises that I will follow until the end of time: Final Fantasy, Metal Gear Solid, Metal Gear Solid, and my guilty pleasure, Tomb Raider. Oh yeah. Tomb Raider is pretty good. I partially oh, yeah. played through Metal Gear on the NES. My best friend and I would take turns playing. I just remember punching a lot of dogs in the butthole. <laughs> uh, gotta do it. I, gotta do it. Gotta do, gotta you gotta, do it. You gotta fist um, those dogs. Fist those dogs. Gross. I played Metal Gear Solid 1, 2, 3, 4, Acid 1, Portable Ops, and Twin Snakes at launch. I played a little bit of Metal Gear Touch. Wow. Um, when I realized mm. it was Touch Mobile version of 4, I stopped. I didn't play Peace Walker until the HD collection because I couldn't bring myself to play a core Metal Gear Solid on a portable machine. Um, also, I also I didn't play Peace Walker until a week before Ground Zeroes launched. Peace Walker was the last game I played on my PS3. I should replay it because I kind of rushed through it to get to the story before playing Ground Zeroes. You really should replay it because Peace Walker is great. Um, also, it's better on portable. Um, I own two copies of Metal Gear Solid for the PS1. I thought I lost my OG copy, so I bought another one. MGS2... Uh, um, Metal Gear Solid 2 Substance, oh Tony Hawk Metal Gear Solid 3 uh, 3 Subsistence, Collector's Edition MGS4 Collector's Edition Peace Walker on the PSP Ground Zeroes, Collector's Edition 5 VR Missions on the PS1 HD Collection, Legacy Collection, Digital Comics Documentary uh, Metal Gear Solid 2 Documentary, uh, MGS Saga Volume 1 and 2 DVDs, Collector's Edition Metal Gear Rising, Metal Gear Acid Portable Ops, Metal Gear Solid 5 Definitive, Definitive Edition uh, Twin Snakes and uh, Metal Gear Solid 3D for the 3DS Cole, would you like to continue? Yeah, yeah. MGS1, fantastic, intense as hell. I played through it at least three times. I couldn't let Meryl die. Button mashing is kind of a thing for me. I have a trick, he has that in quotes, Mm. that doesn't use a pencil. However, I learned about the different endings, so I let her die in the next playthrough. (laughs) (laughs) I loved all the characters in Metal Gear Solid. Psychomantis was insane. I... Remember borrowing the all all the Konami games I could from all my friends to create save files and see what he would say. My favorite response was when he said, "Oh, so you like Sweetokin?" <laughs> I just about lost my poop. Shit! <laughs> you know what? Isaac isn't here. I just about lost my shit. He had a generic response <laughs> to Vandal Hearts and said, "Role playing games." And oddly, for a soccer game where he said, sports games. Pro Evolution, baby. The Sniper Wolf was actually my favorite because I had an obsession with sniping slash sharpshooting. I shot competitively when I was oh, younger. yeah. Really cool. Really, really cool. I didn't choose her battles because I'm crazy. I did because I'm lazy. Yep. Ocelot's pistol trick handlings was cr- insane. Once again, also agree. Mm-hmm. Vulcan Raven, break out that stinger and go to work because yeah, you have to. Claymores, baby. Claymores all day. How crazy 
would it have been if his boss battle was a muck-tuck eating? <laughs> or another button-mashing <laughs> sequence for the ear pull. Yeah. Mm. Cyborg Ninja was creepy as fuck and simultaneously hella cool. Introduction to PP a boy Otacon. <laughs> Funny. I won't go too much deeper into the game because this will all end up being crazy listener, long listener response. Man, you're among friends. It's okay. Yep, yep, yep. One last thing about Metal Gear Solid after my first playthrough. I remember sitting through the entire credits, mainly due to one of the best songs ever. Quote, the best Izzy yet to come. I remember describing the ending credits to a friend and how shocked I was because the credits roll was so long. It was like credits. It was like a credits roll for a movie. We now go to Metal Gear Solid 2. The amount of anger and bitterness at the bait and switch. <laughs> It unfortunately did not let me enjoy the game to its fullest, which is really sad because I do enjoy this game. Mm, it was really good. There was so much hype for Metal Gear Solid 2. Remember listening slash watching the Metal Gear Solid 2 trailer every night from the trailer release until the game release. I have a quick time file of the trailer with the twin tower <laughs> with the twin towers on my computer. Also, oh, that song had uh, quote "Can't say goodbye to yesterday." I still get goosebumps every time I hear. I stare at the stars and the sky above. Alessio, cue it here. <laughs> I I won't only because we will get copyright stricken. We've it's happened already. Just <laughs> just them. know just know that we would love to, but we can't. Yeah. YouTube kind of sucks. Yeah. I angrily played it through the first time, but I did play it th- three times through. Once again. A fantastic game. My second playthrough was a no-kill, and I was stoked to be able to do that. Good on you, because I've never done a Metal Gear Solid game as a no-kill. It's a fun challenge. You should try it sometime. I probably will. I did three as a no-kill. Same. What? Sorry, we'll get get to this later. (laughs) I was like, to be able to do that. My bitterness held through three playthroughs, so I didn't dig deep into the meta context of the game. I definitely thought the game was pretty messed up when I was ascending through the colon. <laughs> I remember being annoyed in my first playthrough that it was a lot like Metal Gear Solid, but by the end, it made some sense why. Again, memorable characters, Vamp, the Nano Machine by Vampire, a roller skating fat man in a bomb suit, Jazzy Fortune with a gun, it looks like it's ten times her weight. The real good guy, former president Solidus Snake. Okay. Uh that's a another Emmerich. Uh, right? Another Emmerich and the most memorable Rosemary. Because what? she's so dadgum annoying. <sighs> Who gives a shit what day it is? He says poop, but you know what? I'm not Isaac. Isaac, I love you. <laughs> And I feel like Dad Gun was supposed to be goddamn, so I'll throw that one out there too. I'll tell you what day it is. The day you leave me the fuck alone. I kind of think you should have said cuss, because it's funny. I'll, you leave me the cuss alone. I'll tell you what day it is. The day you leave me the cuss alone. <laughs> also, the day you go bang old man Campbell. Yikes. Wow. Chris, you want to talk yikes. about your solid three? 
Someday you'll feed on a tree frog. <laughs> I was a little annoyed that we weren't playing a solid snake. But when I realized the game is the origin story of Big Boss, I was totally down with it. Having the Snake Eater theme song basically be a James Bond song was completely appropriate since Naked Snake was a spy. My mind was blown when I made that connection, and it made me like the game even more. The introduction of the camo system was fantastic. I wasn't a huge fan of the CQC mechanics, but I used it once in a while. Not having the Soliton radar was initially challenging, and I didn't like it. As I got more immersed in the game, it made sense. Once again, so many memorable characters. And who could forget about the X-Men? I love battling <laughs> the end. I love sniping. The Sorrow fight in parentheses. Because mm. it, it wasn't really a fight. I think that's the the, the implication here. It wasn't yeah. really a fight. It wasn't a yeah. fight, but it was like a... It was a cool, scenario. It was a cool but, sequence. Yeah, the fight was genius. Once I figured out that those were all people I killed throughout the game, I was so excited to do a non-kill playthrough. Yeah, that was my reaction, and this is mm -hmm. why this is the only Metal Gear game I've done in a no-kill through. Mm -hmm. um, not as mind-blowing as Psychomantis in Metal Gear Solid 1, but I'm not sure anything is going to top reading my mind and making the controller move. <laughs> I think the fear was the hardest no-kill battle. I don't remember the rage being as difficult as everybody was having. The, the pain was thing. pretty easy. Yeah, the rage was easy for me because um, I think the fury, uh, the fury. using the this night vision typing. goggles is just like easy mode for that fight. Uh, it was great to see the evolution of Ocelot. He's my favorite character in the series. I think, Same. I mm -hmm. think uh, he's, Same. he's mine too. I think so. Eva was also an interesting character, but was bummed out by the betrayal at the end. Then there's the boss, the mother of the special forces. Made the ultimate sacrifice for her country and her star pupil. Probably the most memorable boss fight in all of Metal Gear Solid. Mad respect for the boss, the joy. The latter. Oh my god, yes. <laughs> both of those. Metal Gear Solid 4. Oddly, there isn't song that really sticks out for me there's the cover appears to you at the end when they use the old snake theme a lot and they use the old snake theme a lot but nothing really sticks out like in the first three i love this game the game mechanics plus the pseudo open world was great the octo camo is amazing and i learned a, lo a lot about oct octopi due to this game i agree <laughs> that the cutscenes got lengthy kojima was totally aware it was so long that there would be saving points to break up the cutscenes. Metal Gear Solid was a huge data dump, which totally makes sense because it was supposed to be the last Metal Gear Solid game. It definitely closed the story arc for Solid Snake, so I kind of look at Metal Gear Solid as two trilogy series. I unlocked almost everything. I think the only thing I didn't do is a no-kill, no-alert run on the big boss difficulties. Whew, I mean, that would be a feat. When they updated when yeah, they updated pass for trophies, I was bummed they didn't figure out a way to give you the trophies that you already earned. I was going through and collecting all the animal emblems as well. I think one of the trophies is to watch all the flashback scenes. I apparently missed at least one, at least one and said and said F it. I'm not gonna go watch all the cutscenes again just to get the trophy. 
there really weren't a lot of new characters introduced in 4, so it's really tough to give a list of memorable characters as I just did for the first three. Ninja Zombie Raiden is a badass. The beauties weren't really characters, quote-unquote. I agree with everyone that the Laughing Octopus boss fight was really the best out of the four. The rest of the boss fights just seemed like they were rehashed from the previous ones. Crying Wolf equals second Sniper Wolf fight. Raging Raven equals High and D fight. And Screaming Mantis equals Psycho Mantis. Fighting mechanics for the Liquid Ocelot fight was fantastic. The Meryl and Johnny thing was ridiculous. I guess the lesson there is yeah. to keep stalking the person you like and eventually they'll like you. That's the secret. Thank you. You've revealed it. Absolutely, for Sunny sure. Sunny and her two dads are the best. I want a Stardew Valley shout out to Stardew Valley type game, but with Snake, Otacon, and Sunny building and maintaining a farm. That would be an awesome fan animation to see. Metal Gear Solid Peace Walker. How can we ever protect and fight with our tiny souls? I don't have a lot to say about Peace Walker. I need to replay it and spend more time with it. As I said earlier, I rushed through it to get to the story points before I started playing Ground Zeroes. I did enjoy playing through it. I liked, the, I liked managing the base, building Zeke, and sending out my army on those outer ops. I'll take us home here. Act 3. Uh, third Literature. Thanks to the show, I purchased a copy of the Kojima Code. Other MGS things purchased are Collector's Edition of the Guides for MGS 3, 4, and 5, and um, Metal Gear Solid, Hideo Kojima's magnum opus, and the art of Metal Gear Solid 1 through 4. Act 4, Twin Peen? Question mark? Uh, Insert joke here, pun intended. <laughs> uh, Act 5, Old Fan. I'm pretty sure I'm one of the oldest... Uh, if not the oldest fan of MGM. I'm claiming the title of old fan unless a patron wants it or if there is someone older than me. 1979. Whoa. You can, <laughs> Whoa. you can reach me at does have a twit on twitter.com. How is no one taking this? If you check me out, you'll see I'm super active, almost as much as Isaac. By the, by the way, I'm also Asian, so it's like we're brothers. <laughs> the, the only reason Brother. I have a Twitter account where it was for work, which is why I never use it. And we also want to add top five boss battles. Uh, five was Psycho Manus from MGS1. Not much needs to be discussed here. That already hasn't already been throughout the course of MGM. MGS4, uh, Liquid Ocelot, ultimate throwback boss fight. MGS3, the end. I love sniping and this was a great way to do it. MGS3, the boss. Epic. MGS3, the ladder. I think it's I think it's the theme song that makes this one so great. <laughs> um, and then he ranks his MGS, MGS games. Uh, controversial opinion. I don't think it's fair to judge them against each other because each iteration of the game feels so different than the previous. The mechanics of each feel so different. It's not like Call of Duty, Battlefield, or any of the EA sports games where each game in the series has been basically identical for the past 15 years. Sure, subtle changes, but they don't have the game playing changes as the MGS series does. MGS 1 and 2 are probably the most similar, but it, this, the feel is different enough. But, he says, gameplay, he ranks it like this. Uh, MGS 5, Peace Walker, 4, 3, 2, and then 1. Um, and then for story, he says 3. Hell and yeah. And then he ranks 1 and 2 at the same place. One, uh, 2 doesn't make sense without 1. Um, then he says Peace Walker, 4, and 5. And Act 6, Naked Ending. Phew! 
I guess that's it for now. I didn't want to go into too much detail about my play experience in each game because this email was getting too long. At this time, 16th of December, 2019, I'm almost caught up with the podcast. Other than some minor tweaks, I left my listener response unedited from when I started back in September. I'll get started on my response letter for episodes 96 through 107 and maybe get it done by next month. Until then, remember, it's just a box. Ben. Hey. Uh, he's going to be very surprised when he gets to <laughs> these episodes. Um <laughs> Uh, Ben's PSN is Rosap1. If anyone wants to add him, leave a note that MGM sent you. It's R O S A B 1. P.S. Keep on keeping on. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Ben. And that's it for our listener responses, Bubbies. Thank you all for sending in your Thank responses. Thank you so much, Bubby. We appreciated you all, Bubbies. Um, and yeah, that's uh, that's it for us this week. We're gonna we're gonna very quickly get up out of here because I think all of us are very tired. We want to go to bed. Um, <laughs> so I'm gonna say uh, you can find us on the internet metalgearmondays.com where you can find links to all of our social medias also go to patreon.com slash metalgearmondays we brought it up uh, earlier in the podcast but it's we would be remiss if we didn't mention it again uh, as little as one dollar will get you access to cool stuff so check out that patreon and pick something please do you, please do pick something that you like um you can also um go on other places metalgearmondays.com just check out all of that stuff uh cole where thinking well yeah cole where can they find you on the internet? <laughs> <laughs> so you can see uh, my amazing rendition. Uh, thank you to Sean once again on Twitter at I am Cole Duncan. And then you can see all both Sean and Teo's uh, work on Instagram at Subterranean Homesick Brews. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at author Zach James. Dope, dope, dope. Chris, internet. You can find me at Chris Hampton. I, I, that's Chris Hampton the second. And that's Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, and LinkedIn. And I'm on the Xbox and PSN as proto underscore dude. Just drop the underscore on the Xbox. I don't think they do that. I don't know. Who knows? I'm just, I'm going to, you're going to watch me play Banjo Kazooie. That's all I'm doing. <laughs> Perfect. Sam, internet. Oh, okay. You can find me on Twitter at Sanjul. That's S A N J U U L. Find me on YouTube at bit.ly forward slash Sam does a thing. And you can also find me on PSN at Deadpool Alpha. And I think that's it. Boys, we did it. This is it, right? I think so. This is the end. My only friend, the end. I was really hoping on you, like, really fucking pick that one up. It's like we have a connection or something. Is it? Yeah. That's, that's how we end it. The great season, folks. Been an absolute great season. We're going to come back Fuck. in the new year to cover more Death Stranding. We're also going to be back some point uh, with our gift exchange and a very special holiday themed topic that we wanted to get to this episode but it got very long and so we wanted to save it so we're going to do an, an extra non-mondays extra episode for you this week so it's a season of giving you know what i'm gonna release that bitch on christmas how's that sound how that sounds open fucking your, awesome okay bust out of your uh music boxes <laughs> little, little Christmas presents. Make a, make a connection with your friends and family. Hug your friends. Hug your family.
There's a connection. It's like there's you and your friends have a connection or something. Uh, it's just right. a box. <laughs> <laughs> dung dung. I feel you and I might have like a connection. Something. Something. 